Like the gel filled ones, though. Um, aloe. Aloe, thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they do the same thing. It's just, they just sit there for a while and they just kind of. <laughs> the aloe is quite um, a good one because, like, the, the, the leaves need to feel quite firm. And if, yeah. and if you feel kind of flat in any way, it needs watering. Oh, hang yeah, on. it's I a good indicator, isn't it? There we go. I just had to mute the other one. <laughs> just started playing back twice at me. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool when plants are really clear about kind of their needs. Mm. Yeah, some of them just. So, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not good. The, the others in the house, they're all very. When it comes to gardening, yeah, you know, my wife just tells me, yeah, you know, what, what needs to be dug, cut. Yeah. Yeah, pin, just just a direction. That one. Yeah, just, that just one. kind of. <laughs> Give me, stuff to cut, give me stuff to cut down. That's, that's kind of probably my best uh, line with things. Yeah. But, uh, I make mine from years ago. She was, uh, she I worked with the BAE systems. Um, and she, you know, she kind of, uh, her and her mum lived on a farm mm. and kind of did, I don't know what kind of bits of farming they did, but kind of as fun for themselves more than anything. You know, it was, you know she had a, like a, a full-on career in BA systems in QAs, but um, when she'd go gardening, um, she had a, a flamethrower that she would garden with. <laughs> I mean, so, that, that'll do it for sure. <laughs> yeah, so this is kind of up like Blackburn Way, you know. And she'd come in this one Monday morning. We're chatting about you know what we've done at the weekend and things, and she's like, "Oh yeah, I had the flamethrower out doing some gardening at the weekend." <laughs> And it's just—it was just so casual, nonchalant the way she said yeah, it. Just throw it out. Oh yeah, of... yeah, flamethrower because you know that's how everybody does it. <laughs> so, can, can you just clarify? Did I hear that right? You know, oh yeah, yeah. The, the, you wait until the weeds get high enough that you can break the flamethrower out, and then you get them all in one go, and then it gives you a few months <laughs> I mean, they all come back again. I, I'll be honest. I've been there, and it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, and that's it's not that about point for me. Scraping each tile surround out individually and oh exactly yeah. oh. full-on like six foot flames mm. take the lot out in a one oh yeah <laughs> that's definitely the way to do it for sure that's, that's legal yeah it's northerners for you it's you know it's the approach we take years ago my stepdad used to uh basically just brush hydrochloric acid around in the back patio and it'd clean the tiles and get rid of all the dirt, uh, all the uh, weeds. So, and, and the bonus is that you can see how far the progress is by how short the bristles on the brush get. <laughs> <laughs> I think it ended up becoming a, uh, a jet washer pressure hose after a while. So we see, it's it's a lot kind of uh, safer to store, isn't it? <laughs> oh, just just the idea of, of spraying. HCL out of a jet washer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the nineties were mad. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised any of us are still here at this point. <laughs> yeah, some uh, some pictures keep popping back up because obviously Facebook has a really annoying habit of doing that. Mm. And it was a picture that I'd put up probably 11, 12 years ago of a picture it was a, it was a picture of a picture that was taken 20 years before that even so it's like oh thanks facebook <laughs> i feel old already why <laughs> what's going on just having one yeah. of those weeks <laughs> i get similar memories pop up of like 
eight-year-old Jamie popping up. I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> yeah. yeah this is how things trigger, isn't it? I mean, you talk about kind of hydrochloric acid and sort of the eight. My first ever evening at the scout group that I went to, it was in this three or four. It was a four-story building that we had. It, it eventually got condemned basically just yeah along you're just part of a street yeah mm. and i can remember going down into the basement and the basement it was it was one of these sort of places it was not built on hills so you entered up on the first floor and if you went down then in one floor down into the basement you could then exit outside right and, okay uh, it, it, it was kind of yeah it was on, on the side of the hill mm. i went down into the basement yeah but then they start that's where they stored most they stored some stuff that some stuff was stored upstairs some stuff was stored downstairs i can't remember we'd been sent down to get some stoves i think it was the, the days of the old horrible dangerous petrol stoves so it's kind of almost like flamethrowers the sort of ones you sort of pumped on the side and mm. if you got it wrong yeah, it shoots flames everywhere <laughs> horrible horrible things don't miss those at all but it was kind of like oh, what's in this little room here we're in this little room and there's this big five liter brown bottle with missing Oof. a label or mostly missing <laughs> a label liquid. Nice. Take, take, take the top off and this steam is what looks like steam started coming out so it was like well that doesn't look very safe so I put the lid back on and kind of tried to sort of read as much as possible of the, the label and it basically it was concentrated hydrochloric acid Oof. probably somebody picked up from the steelworks that was still in operation mm. at the time and it's just like you can, it's, you can always so tell dangerous. like if, if the label's gone you can always tell what it is because if you take the lid off and sniff it it smells like your nosebleeds <laughs> <laughs> this stuff it would smell like your nose falling off yeah <laughs> should say uh, do just... not sniff mysterious unknown liquids. <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. That, that was yeah, that was satire for anyone's not sure yes <laughs> it was a it was a trick of my stepdad's Rich years ago know. Um, he, he used to go to the gym quite a lot, so um, he'd always have a little jar of smelling salts. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. Like, oh, wow. Stop it. But it'd always happen. <laughs> yeah. Mysterious little brown it's bottle. Like, like ammonia or something there. I think it is, yeah. It's powerful. Whatever it is. <laughs> yeah, basically it's ammonia. Yeah. It, for like clearing sinuses and things i get um menthol crystals oh yes which are absolutely amazing for anyone who, who suffers with stuffy nose and stuff you literally need like two or three crystals in the bottom of a mug yeah, put boiling few, water in and it'll just take a deep breath of that and that that will absolutely clear your skull <laughs> but we discovered that it, you can dissolve it in uh in vodka so we we made menthol vodka oh interesting which is okay. really good when you've got a cold. Just make yourself like a menthol hot toddy. <laughs> or just have a swig of menthol vodka. And it's I mean, great. can you drink them crystals? Well, diluted in enough vodka, you're fine. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. brilliant. Well, I mean, you get menthol sweets. True. Uh, yeah, yeah. Menthol, yeah, cough sweets and things. Yeah, it's got to come from the same stuff, hasn't it, surely? Yeah, yeah it's all the... It's all the same oil stuff it's yeah <laughs> oh, crikey yeah well, it's either that or the the uh scotch bonnet vodka so they'll both do the same thing of clearing your head out but 
They tried doing a combination. Scotch bonnet no. and menthol in the same bottle. I it haven't. Could be, that... could, be, could be perfect. Yeah. I think I'd have to go with the crystals because hot stuff does not agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, um, a friend got some um, these uh, ass-kicking nuts, they were called. And they did like habanero and ghost pepper and all this kind of, oh, savage. Yeah. Obviously, they're, they're quite uh, understated on the packaging as well. So they're like, oh, big tub of nuts, let's have a little go. Fire. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, not many of them got eaten, I can tell you. Yeah, there's a, there's a few people who are still quite unhappy with me from uh, making Central. I, I, I took the, I've got uh, some roasted garlic and ghost pepper hot sauce that I took with me to make it central. So it's kind of like handing some around the Vectric event. So I've got a few people kind of took <laughs> slightly more of that than they might have wanted. Or that you know Yeah. So it's sometimes tasty. it's all right. Yeah. I'm on and off days. <laughs> it's it, yeah, it depends on whether you kind of get whether you're expecting it and you know whether it's combined with other things, you know. I, I was a, very explicit deal. about, you know, <laughs> making people aware. These are hot, you know, beware. <laughs> yeah, it, it is very warm and you're eating it with pizza so the cheese will help, you know. <laughs> ah, speaking of which, it's not far away, is it now, Makers? No, it's about five weeks. Yeah. That should yeah. be good. That should be a good laugh. Just over. Mm. 13th and 14th, isn't it? So... Mm. Month, month and 11 days. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be there for the full weekend this year. Nice. Yeah, wearing me, uh, me, wearing me shadow foam tunic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, working down with the team down there nowadays. Because they are about less than a quarter of a mile away. Oh, wow. It's kind okay. of perfect, really. Yeah, just at the bottom of the road. Yeah, good bunch That'd as well. Nice, Mm. So actually, you're actually working for them. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm part of the production team now. Cool, sweet, cool. Yeah, we're about. Um, if you've ever heard of Anderton Boat Lift, we're we're within a stone's throw of that. The the. Um... What am I even trying to say? The warehouse, the 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 industrial park. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Must be one of those days as well. So how so how come you haven't got all your tools in your in your videos nicely mounted in shadow foam? Well, <laughs> there's, there's, there's several no, there's several reasons for that. Is um, this a yet? Yet, of? yeah, it is a yet. Um, little bits and bobs are getting done bit by bit. So I don't know if you saw the Dremel thing that I got not long ago, but. Nice. We kind of kitted all that out. Cool. You can really see it. But yeah, it's bit by bit, it's getting done. But um, I really need to insulate the shed, which is kind of a priority for this year, really. Um, and to do that, I need to clear it. To clear it, I need to get a little shed next door to it to put all of the stuff in that might be out of the shed for more than 24 hours while it mm. floor and the walls and everything go in. Um, I'm sick of thinking of it. To be fair, it's a pain in the ass. But, yeah. <laughs> but everything yep. needs to come out, and and then 
then it needs to go back in and and I'm hopefully I'm going to try and get everything on French cleats on the wall and mm. then it was, it's going to be ready for everything being put in shadow foam <laughs> but yeah it's it's one of those things like it's okay well I need to do this job right well okay well that job must come before this job okay well that job comes before that job and mm-hmm. you just kind of go back and think more and more about what you need to do and you end up doing nothing and that's uh then you just go to sleep and wake up the next day and start thinking about it again. <laughs> it's kind of the way it goes, really. But, yeah, it will happen. Like, like I say, this year, shared insulating is a priority as well as putting a log burner in the house. Because, mm. again, I don't want another winter not being able to burn all of the wood scraps that I make. <laughs> it just seems to make sense to have a burner. So that's, that's another thing that's going in this year. Nice. You're getting some pros to do it or are you gonna um absolutely not i'm getting somebody in (laughs) i'm like this is what i want that's where i want it here's the money (laughs) no it'd be nice to do it but i think to open up the space um obviously there is going to be an opening in the chimney breast Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's going to be big enough for the burner that i want right um so it will need to be wind and in which case Need to get a new yeah. lintel put in, and yeah, I'm, I'm I'm not messing around with that. I don't want the whole stack to fall in one night. Lad. <laughs> I, I was going to say, yeah, having having it covered by someone else's insurance is uh, mm. yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's another thing as well. Yeah, and again yeah. with the with the um, the burner itself, they all need to be HETA approved and all that kind of yeah. stuff and signed off. So again, for all insurance purposes, it's like nah, just just I'll just give you the money, just make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> The only thing is I need to move one, two, three, four, five. I need to move like six guitars and two guitar amps that are all currently living in front of my chimney breast. So again, that's another thing that needs to happen before the other thing needs to happen. It's pretty much how my life is at the minute. <laughs> yeah, I think we all know that one. Yeah. Mm. I'm still in yeah, the process of well I have been told it's these to holidays from sort of school. And my wife has made it very clear that this Easter holidays, we are going to be doing a lot of work in the garden. And part of that includes emptying the summer house before it falls down. Ah, Um, Yeah, which will involve multiple trips to the tip. But yeah, there's there's wood in there. I don't want to get rid of the wood. And uh, yeah, there's other things in there. Well, this is it, especially now I've got a lathe. It's like, yeah, okay, a lot of it's like things like, yeah, two by threes, but yeah, and short pieces, but yeah, I just need to trim them down. Um, once I put a new blade back on my bandsaw, because I put a bandsaw blade this afternoon trying to cut a piece down. Uh, probably because I was doing it a bit of an angle, mm. didn't help. Um, that's a rubbish bandsaw anyway, it's one of the little, it's a cheap oldie one, like 70 quid. Mm. Uh, like one of those sort of little Clark type ones. Yeah, it's a little. Yeah. It's a little I've, I've got one as well. It's, it's okay for cutting sort of ply, balsa generally. Yeah, yeah. balsa thin stuff. <laughs> sandwiches. Veneer. Sandwiches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardboard sausages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I tried. I tried to stick a piece of what was it? Yeah, what? it was probably a three by two. It was a, it was a three by two piece of three mm. by two. I was trying mm. to cut, cut lengthways on it. But, uh, yeah, he didn't didn't like it. So yeah, blade, I mean, blade, ended, blade came the off blade. the top. Blade came. The blade didn't actually break as such. Just came off the bottom uh, wheel mm. uh, and buckled around the t- on the top wheel. So I ended up with kind of two, two ninety degree bends 
in the kind of the top. <laughs> he was like, yeah, he just used some reciprocated now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That went. That, that's gone in the uh, the scrap metal pile. That's going hopefully to the scrap metal merchant at some point next week, along with a bunch of other stuff. I suppose it won't have a break either, or an auto stop if the blade comes off. Yeah, no, <laughs> just, just, just get chewed up, don't we? Yeah, you know, no, that was trying to hit the button quick before. Yeah, <laughs> uh, between that, grabbing your backside to make sure nothing's happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Luckily, all the kind of yeah, all the um, kind of yeah, the, the points where you put the blade in when you like yeah, the the, the gaps in the mm. the whole sort of floor are just so small. It's like. Mm. Just like just watching the blade kind of go, is this broken or is it a bit? Is there a bit going to spring out right now? It's like, um, do I, how do I reach across to kind of yeah, you know, hope that it's not going to spring out? I suppose the, the benefit with those small bandsaws is that like the, the throat on them is usually only tiny. So if something mm. does smash, it's not going to fly out too far right here. Mm. But when you've got like you know your Jimmy DeResta ones where there's like oh, four yeah, mil of throat on it, mad tall those aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, but those things would cut through. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> just spit out three meters worth of blade straight away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's always fun when the bandsaw blade snaps. Yeah, it's... Like the ones that we've got down at uh, Shadow Foam. There, uh, there's this big Wadkin uh, uh, bandsaw, but it's got a uh, just like a razor blade. So it's a band knife, so there's no yeah. serration mm. on it at all, and. And it just just breezes through the foam. It's lovely. It's a really nice thing to use. Yeah, we've got a client at work that does a lot of work with foams and stuff. And some of their kit is yeah, it's just so cool seeing them just taking big stacks of foam and just sliding it through like Sally's mm. hand knife and just like yeah, what? <laughs> straight away done. Happy days. <laughs> oh wait, yeah. I saw uh, there's a TV program on a few years ago. I think it was Greg Wallace. It was kind of going into factories to see how things were made, kind mm. of sort of food, barber jackets, sort of variety mm. things. I'm pretty sure there was one episode of that where they was in somewhere and he, they were, might have been mattresses, and they had like a I can't remember if it was handheld, and I'm pretty sure I've seen handheld ones or whether it was actually CNC, and they had basically it was almost like a one of those old meat cutting knives but vertically mounted. Almost like a, almost like a, a jigsaw, like a reciprocated, with a, yeah, a jigsaw with like a six, a, a nine-inch blade for cutting through foam, and it had like a little, uh, it was like a, it was almost like a wakeboard. So it was a flat piece that went underneath, and that was kind mm. of behind the blade, which was then kind of uh, oscillating up and down oh, wow. as it passed through. It was just like so awesome seeing this pass through, kind of yeah, sort of six or nine inches of material and yeah, just breezing through it like yeah. well there, there was someone on instagram recently with it ollie from with their hands i think maybe i want to say possibly but um using a jigsaw that had a one of the bosch wavy blades for foam cutting oh, right. or for like uh, cutting through insulation boards so you know oh, you got right. the, yeah, the, yeah. like the sellotex mm. stuff um so instead of having the actual the cutting blades it was just like a it looked like a bread knife almost yeah um and yeah that was just like breezing through nice they seem pretty cool like foam well, yeah yeah i've seen i've seen kind of foam 
upholstery, I think picture from an upholstery kind of line, mm -hmm. just cutting through kind of, you know, stacks of foam, just, like you say, it's just a knife through butter. A lot use the, um, like a, like a heated element and it just burns yeah. like a cheese cutter, but it, it's just, and, and that's like pretty good. But, stuff, yeah. yeah, but it, it's, um, cause obviously it's burning it. It leaves like a, a weird edge on it. Like if you cut it with the blade, it's it's consistent with with what the rest of the mm. the, the tile is going to be like, rather than it being this like a weird cauterized edge on it. Yeah, I think cauterized is probably a, a, a really good word for it because it is that kind of like mm. it's like a skin, melt, or like a film it? on it, doesn't it? It's weird, like a skin. They're yeah. great on polystyrene. If, mm. if, if, as long as you ignore the fumes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well ventilated area and all that. Don't breathe or get someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quite like that. I've, I don't do anything with foam or polystyrene anymore. I, I did have plans to make one of those at one point. I have used one. I've made, I've made mm. one in the past. They're quite good fun. My father-in-law's got one for doing. He does a lot of like laser cut uh, kits and things for like um, O gauge railway things, you know, uh, buildings and things. So for packaging, um, uses it all the mm. time for just. You know, just getting the sheets of polystyrene and then just mm. running them through for um, packaging stuff up. The stuff that they make out of polystyrene for for those little dioramas and that are, are just—it's unreal. The stuff that they do. Yeah, I think Luke, Luke Towen, I think, was one of them that I stumbled across a few years back, and um, it's like this little river scene and and a train track and bridge going over it, and it looks real. It it looks absolutely real, and then you kind of mm. go in a bit further, and it's oh well, he's used sawdust dyed green here for that little patch of grass and it's just it's incredible it really is yeah it's the model makers uh, just ridiculous skills mm. yeah yeah I, a lot of people start there kind of almost from the you get the kind of the model railway folk that's obviously quite a, a big mm. uh, quite a large group i think mm. I, I, yeah, it's still it's a group of people it, it's a group yeah you know, it's a subculture of its own that is are still going quite strong i think mm. um yeah i mean that's a lot of the business that my father-in-law's getting is yeah model railway crowd yeah but then of course you get the folk who are kind of i used to know quite i used to be with the air cadets and so there were quite a few of those <laughs> that were really into kind of making sort of dioramas with kind of you know they, they not just build a model aircraft and hang it from the ceiling mm. with a piece of fishing line but yeah, actually, kind of have it maybe, you know, parked up somewhere, and they'd have troops next to it, and just. I, I did a couple of those little FX planes and hung it from the ceiling, and I yep. took um, Pringles lids and cut a circle out and put it where the propellers were, so it looked like it was spinning. Oh, yeah. nice, clever yeah, little things like that. It was good, and um, these little kind of missiles that were sort of half flying through the air with a bit of cotton wool out the back, so it looked like it was actually nice. being propelled. Yeah. How long did they stay like that before you took a BB gun to them? As oh, tradition. When did I get my G10? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it might be irresponsible for me to say what age I was when I got a gun. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a place up near us um, that, that was this old this big old building that, that had probably been condemned many years before, but we used to just go and have a little mooch around in the grounds of it. And, and it was all open. It wasn't, it wasn't shut up in any way. You could just have a little wander around. 
And uh, one Christmas day, I was up there with my G10, wandering around this derelict building like James Bond and round the corners and stuff. It was great. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's cool stuff like that. I think, I think most kids have been there at some point. Yeah. Mm, for sure. Uh, I mean, yeah, my days, it was it was a cap gun, not a, uh, mm. not a BB Spud gun. Spud guns as well for, for a lot oh, of Spud guns, yeah. I remember having a, um, it was a, a cork rifle. So it was, it was like the proper old school, you know, kind of uh, where the, the thing does the thing. Winchester, lever action. Yeah. And then you'd put the cork in the end and, yeah, I remember, you know, just like the, sort like airfix cars and things, making like, like Lego, little Lego walls and things to knock down and you know, Tin Can Alley and stuff like that. And, yeah, and Meccano Barrier. Yeah. <laughs> There was another one which kind of like you, you had to press into itself. I think it was the, um, what even was that? Was that a gap gun? Gap gun, yeah. We did yeah, and you could put corks in the end or little darts in the back. Like, mm. let one of them go into that bit. No, like with nothing in it, just because it had the, the, the motion of the thing coming out into your hand was, was a bit of a rite of passage back in the day, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, many, many a many a fun afternoon with a, an achy hand after that thing. <laughs> See all, all of this. Oh, that's going to be. A, I was just going to say that's going to be a snippet to take out and put on a t-shirt. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to just write that down now before I forget. Yeah. Many an afternoon <laughs> with an achy hand. <laughs> See, all of this is just making me miss stuff like throwing knives and axes and archery and all that kind of stuff now. It's just like it's been far too long since I did any of that kind of stuff. Archery's brilliant. A friend of mine got a bow um, a few years back and I just popped to his for an afternoon and had a little play with it. And and he had this like kind of guard that went on your forearm to stop it hitting you. Yeah. But what happened was the string went and it just pinched my skin between the string and the guard. And yeah. it gave me this welt on my arm that I had for about two years. It just wouldn't go away. Yep. I remember having a, a like a sort of two inch long stripe down my arm where I'd, uh, yeah, it's like, I think my dad it's, had a uh, It's more painful than you realise, isn't it? Before you oh, do it. Really it really like, is. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not fun, but it's, again, it's, it's another one of those rites of passage, isn't it? You, mm. you sort of got to do it and then you, you realize it oh no maybe i need to just hold the bow slightly more this way <laughs> yeah yeah it was all about that wasn't it like the um sort of kind of like your hands normal but you, you, your elbows sort of twisting <laughs> and it's just making yeah. sure you've got it around to to that way to to get yeah. that bit of your skin out of the way but you don't know that until you've done it <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I don't yeah. think you could tell somebody to do that until they've experienced that pain. It's like, oh, perhaps I should rotate my wrist a bit. Well, I, I think the thing is, is because it is such a rite of passage, I think there's almost an obligation to allow them to find it out themselves rather than passing on those tips and tricks, especially if it's one of your mates. Yeah, it's kind of... See, I disagree. I, th I think it's better to tell people because normally they will a, they will ignore it not believe you mm. then it happens but then at least you can say i told you <laughs> yeah yeah which i think which i think is a better situation than them going why didn't you tell me 
True. True, yeah. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I mean, <laughs> Why don't you tell me? Because it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we've all been subject to the I told you so, though, haven't we? Mm. We've, all, we've all had that kind of moment of, I, I know you did. I never listened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. You didn't yeah. expect me to listen either. <laughs> yeah, so who's the real fool? <laughs> <laughs> Particularly, I think that's particularly with sort of weapons, isn't it? Yeah, kind of, yeah, not pulling a, a shotgun into your shoulder firmly or a, or a rifle into your shoulder firmly and mm. or not having your eye too close to the telescopic mm. sight. Yeah. Yeah. have done that of, as well. <laughs> yeah. I've always had quite reasonable reflexes. So my dad used to do bits of training when I was a kid, bits of martial arts and things. So I've kind of had that hand-eye coordination and that kind of... The, the dad reflex almost, you know, where something falls and you go and grab it. Mm. Um, but of course, it backfires if you're doing something like throwing knives or things like that. I've had that at times where I've tried to it. And it, it's come back at me and I've tried to catch it, and, you know, things like that. You think, no, it's not a good idea. Yeah, we, we use box cutters quite often at work to, to cut up all the cardboard and stuff. And, mm. and again, obviously, because it's in your hand all day long you drop it every now and again and and for the first couple of times you've been good to grab it it's like no there's it's a stanley knife and there's two inches of blade sticking out what are you playing at like, let it drop don't try and catch it with your foot either because <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's instinct isn't it oh yeah yeah oh, it, it might break i mean it's to put my foot there to slow the fall <laughs> yeah just let it break let it hit the floor it'll be fine you don't want it in your foot <laughs> Yeah, pulling it out the top of your boots. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, guaranteed to go, well. guaranteed to go to the kind of foot side of the the toe cap. Mm. Maybe what you need to do is put some butter on the back of the knife. Yeah, <laughs> so then it will land blade side up and won't stick into your foot. Then. You say that butter side out on the back of a cat, isn't it? Yeah, they always land on their feet, but the but what's gonna happen? Black holes and all sorts of stuff's gonna petrol motion device. So, yeah, so if you have butter on one side of the knife handle and a cat on the other side of the knife handle, you're fine. Apart from the fact that you really struggle to use the knife for the most part. Well, then you've got the cat. The cat will just kind of open all the boxes, shred all the boxes for you. Yeah, yeah. No, the cat would just get into all the boxes, so you couldn't. Ah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, It'd run off with the knife. Oh, I miss my cat. <laughs> I had uh, eighteen and a half years. I got out of him and uh, oh, said goodbye in November. Yeah, long time. Oh, old cat was old. Mm. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, you're going to get another one." It's like. No, not yet. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's the problem with pets, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, I mean, we we put our dog into kennels, I think, twice, and the second time she was just so she was almost broken. It was just like mm. that again. We cannot mm. do that again. It's like, so yeah, any holidays. She has to come, be able to come with us. Mm. Well. So, well, places are getting a lot more accepting of dogs as well. To be fair, yeah, I've noticed. 
like a lot of pubs are, are having like sort of separate side rooms where you can you know, if you're out for a walk with your dog you can pop in for a pint or whatever on the way home and um, yeah a lot more are starting to do that now which is great especially around here anyway everyone else is like oh so when you're getting a dog it's like i'm not getting a dog either the <laughs> <laughs> dog needs more care than a cat cats look after themselves well, cats have got so many homes that you you don't need to do much anyway do you true yeah that's i just need to befriend the neighbors don't i <laughs> struck that one for a bit get me fixed and then then we're away <laughs> that, that's exactly what happens in this household is you know we've, we've got no cats whatsoever but we have cat food at the back and <laughs> there is usually two or three cats kind of milling around you know it's so many in the area we've got a, a guy a couple of doors down who's um really really old italian guy and uh he's just an old cat dude mm. um and yeah he just befriends all of them and then tries to keep them all mm. So every now and then he'll open the door and all the cats will run out and go back to their rightful homes and stuff. I think it'd make a good YouTube channel, like just going around for a walk late at night and just meeting all of the random cats that you see around and about. <laughs> but you need some pretty good cameras to, to be in low light and stuff. But um, I think it'd be great. You'd get your steps in, you'd meet loads of cats and you'd make a YouTube channel from it. <laughs> Pat and pending. <laughs> <laughs> Cats on YouTube or you know, cats on the internet, it's a big thing, isn't it? Mm. Oh, they love it, yeah. Yeah. Especially on Reddit. Mm. TikTok. Yeah. If you dance to it as well. <laughs> dance to the know. cat. Yeah, dance to get to the cat. <laughs> yeah, TikTok. The ancient weird Egyptians place. were, you know, <laughs> early pioneers of social media and you know, mm. They love the cats, didn't they? So maybe that was just their, their kind of like they were way ahead of their internet cats, memes. Emojis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what you're saying. Emojis, modern day hieroglyphs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not wrong. I've, uh, I've fallen down the Egypt rabbit hole again recently. It happens yeah. every couple of years, and then I just I watch every single video on the internet. And then I'll put it down for a little bit and then I'll move on with my life. And then it's like, oh, oh, the Sphinx is actually apparently 12,000 years old. And then I'll be back again. And that's another <laughs> week or two of every single video online. There's a really good documentary about Egyptology, actually. It's, um, it's called Stargate. Mm. They did quite a few, uh, you know, kind of uh, spin offs of it as well, of the documentary, you know, kind of one that just talked about Atlantis and, you know, so um, I learned a lot about Egyptology from from that. <laughs> Taking the piss, you know, obviously. <laughs> oh, Stargate, I've not seen that for a while. Oh, <laughs> it's a good fight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so oh, I mean, Wolf Man. <laughs> oh. Same. <laughs> I was I, quoting Red Dwarf the other day was uh, getting towards attention grabbers, but um, standing in London on Saturday, and there was a um, just coming out of Borough Market. There's a, a, a 
a place that just had the word fish and an exclamation mark. <laughs> fish again. <It's>... <laughs> fish <laughs> again. <laughs> and that was it. I, I just my my brain just immediately went through a dwarf, and I, as with <laughs> Steve from Winter Metalworks, and uh, it just took the, like a gentle prompt, and then he was in straight in there as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. They're so good. I People, people get annoyed at me because I don't watch anything, but I do. I watch Red Dwarf and I watch Bottom. <laughs> like, like all these old 90s sitcoms, I love them. I can watch them over and over again. Oh, you're not seeing Game of Thrones? No, I'm not interested. <laughs> There's too many in a season. season. I need six episodes a season <laughs> and then we're happy. <laughs> like, so six ex to exactly eight. what happened in season, you know, season four, episode one of Red Dwarf. You know? <laughs> Yeah, I, I, can, I can never remember all these. Uh, my memory for pop culture is just appalling. Yeah, I, I know Red Dwarf. I've watched several of the series, but not all of them. Hmm. It's like, yeah, it's like. Well, they, they are at what, it, 13 seasons, one hmm. short season, and then a movie now. <laughs> movie? Yeah, a couple of years ago. A couple of years ago. Didn't know that. Yeah, the Promised Land was a well feature length in, in two parts, but then they re-edited it into the, the full single, mm. uh, single run feature length movie. Mm. I'm not actually seeing that. I don't think. It's good. I did uh, read or read. I audio booked better than life recently. Oh, such a good point. It's brilliant. They, they've recently um, Grant Naylor. The, uh, Rob Grant and Doug Naylor, because um, they were they conceptualized Red Dwarf and they mm -hmm. wrote the first series together. Um, and then Rob Grant decided that he didn't want to be part of it anymore. But because they had that kind of split sort of ownership of the franchise, there was mm -hmm. um, they'd each done one of the books and that kind of thing. But um, there's been kind of an ongoing struggle if you like for the for the ip of it for uh for the last few years and they finally reached an agreement so there's going to be more oh, wow. more red dwarf stuff coming out but in various oh, wow. media so i think it'll be rob grant might do some more books in his <clears> style <throat> oh nice uh and then with doug naylor doing um probably some more mm. film or tv perhaps yeah the, the ones that i listened to recently uh chris barry narrated and and oh, they're just great because he's so good at doing all of the different voices and stuff like that. Is yeah, it's a journey. It's brilliant. It is, and they're really good books as well. Mm. Is it, uh, mm. Infinity welcomes careful drivers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's quite good because, like, obviously, the, there's there's some of the ideas from the episodes come from them or vice versa, and it's, yeah. it's sort of weird hearing a similar kind of story, but then it kind of goes in a slightly different way. That, that, that wasn't what happened. happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's brilliant. I love it. I, I, I sort of wonder with some of these, go, uh, you know, you see a lot of things getting remade. Mm. Yeah, on TV, and, and some stuff doesn't and and shouldn't. But you kind of sort of wonder, you know, would would something like Red Dwarf. Not benefit, but would it would a remake work? 
Well, that, that, that's sort of what they've done in recent years. When Dave took them on, um, they kind of got their new lease of life for like series 10 onwards. Mm. For the benefit um, of people who don't know, Dave is a British cable a TV channel, yeah. <laughs> Such a good yeah, name for a show. It is, yeah. Dave Sarver not, not, not a specific Brilliant. person. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's what was... UK TV or one of those, yes. yeah, yeah, and uh, so they did a, a three-part special called Back to Earth, um, which is kind of notionally season nine-ish, and then they they spun it on then for uh, a few more seasons, um, and that was then kind of a bit of a reboot and modernization and things as well. So continuation of the story, and of course the actors are all because it started in '88. So this is then, you know, thirty years on of uh, them just continuing the journey. Um, so it has been a bit of a kind of a reboot in that sense, mm. but because yeah, the the content, there's no continuity in Red Dwarf. That's one of the other kind of beautiful charms to it. <laughs> that's the, yeah, yeah, that's that's the USP. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the main character Lister has had his appendix out twice. You know, things like that. <laughs> Was that fathers and sons one? It's just yeah, exactly. Loads of crossing over, and it's just great. <laughs> there is the, um, the the there was the discussion recently online saying that uh, that the the universe as we know it is held together by uh, Dave Lester and uh, Philip J. Fry from Futurama as the the two people that have to exist to perpetuate the universe as we know it because they are their own fathers. Mm. Um, or they're <laughs> Fry's own grandfather, but that whole sort of, uh, you know, they keep the universe flowing. That's another thing, Future Armour, it's just just awesome. Yeah. Again, I could I, watch those over and over again. We keep threatening, because Andy's never seen it, we keep threatening to just yeah. one day schedule in a uh, Maker's Waffle episode that's just a curated <laughs> what's part actually. <laughs> <laughs> no guest. We just have future armor playing in the, yeah, uh, in the yeah, yeah. window. Just don't put, don't put the one with Seymour on it though. <laughs> <laughs> right in the fields. Yeah, there's so many of those episodes that are just so moving as well. And you think this is, mm. this is, this is a it's a cartoon, cartoon, but it comedy. Hurts. It hurts. <laughs> yeah. <that one. laughs> yeah. I'd like I'd, I'd like to see things. I like I'd, I'd like seeing things being remade and, and not ending. I mean, this is this is one of my gripes with sort of Netflix. They get every now and again they get a really good something or other, mm. and yeah, it's popular. And then they go, yeah, no, we're not going to carry it on. Yeah, and it's yeah. like it's not just Netflix. Yeah, we've got yeah Firefly. Yeah, I mean, certainly Netflix, Warrior None. I, I, I really enjoyed it. it. It was good. But yeah, it was like they decided, no. Yeah, we've got, a, there's a continuation to the story. It's not, it's not finished. Yeah, mm-hmm. end of season two is like, yeah, that's setting up nicely for season three. No. Yeah. no you, know what, you know what season three is like? Yeah, no, let's, let's have 10 seasons of this. Just, just <laughs> that's the problem. There's just too much of a lot of stuff. 
Mm-hmm. Like, everyone said, oh, like Breaking Bad, watch that, and Peaky Blinders, and there's just there's too much of it. I can't sit down and start something that has got that much to get through. To be fair, if it was a podcast, I'd probably listen to it. <laughs> I, 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 kind of, I kind of agree with you. I mean, I've not watched either of those either. I, I, TV's not something I've particularly watched lots of. But then, yeah, over the last few years, I've watched every single episode of Doctor Who that's available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all the classic, all the modern, yeah, every single episode. Some of them twice. Yeah, it's, I, I, my, my youngest likes television. And we'll have just television on, just kind of a background thing, which I, I, I don't do so well with. Used to, mm-hmm. I used to be fine as a kid with it. Yeah, to have TV on, I'd be reading a book and doing my homework all at the same time, almost. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, yeah, chill, chill, just watch, kind of, yeah. Oh, yeah, that, uh, yeah, Father Brown. She particularly likes Father Brown, yeah. I think she's watched the entire sort of lot, the entire catalogue, three times or four times. <laughs> it's like, I, generally, I've, once is normally enough. If it's really good, twice. Mm. It's rare that I'll watch something kind of a third time. See, we, we quite often put things like Taskmaster or um, oh, things like that. Best yeah, we, the minute, that. yeah, we'll we'll just throw them on while we're having dinner or something, just for you know. We, we've seen all the episodes multiple times, but mm. it's still funny every time, and because it's something that's it's a you know creative problem solving essentially. There's always another angle we can take, or you know, you think, oh, maybe if we did done this this way, this might work. Or you know, I've, I've watched a... Taskmaster that much, I've had to actually branch out now. So I've watched the, the other, the uh, well, New, New Zealand have got four seasons, Australia mm-hmm. halfway through their first season. I watched the Norwegian ones with subtitles because seeing somebody stress over a task, ah, doesn't matter what language they're speaking, rage translates, and it's just, it's just great. Have you seen the American one that they did? Because that was the first. I've, I've watched a couple of episodes of it, but I, th- I think I got what America didn't. It just—it's just not. It didn't didn't work over there, really, did it? Yeah. Um, I, I Even think that they I had think, Alex. Well, that's it. Alex was there, whereas with all of the other ones, like the Taskmaster and the Assistant, are all different. Yeah. Um, and and obviously they're not Greg and Alex. They've not got that dynamic, but you, you still kind of. You, you like them towards the end, and and mm. the, the contestants obviously you don't know, but a few episodes in, you, you're rooting for some of them, and 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 then you'll go and check out some of their other stuff because yeah. you've watched this guy develop into some buffoon. It's brilliant. It's just really really good. <laughs> it could, it's it's celebrities that are competing, isn't it? Mm. Yes, right? it's usually comedians. Mm. Yeah, the Swedish one was was different. Because the whole set was different and everything. At least oh, with, right. with a lot of them, they kept the same sort of red kind of theatre room theme. And mm. uh, whereas the other one looked like um, it looked like a football show, it was just like neon lines and desks and all sorts of stuff everywhere. All oh, right, weird. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was. It was uh, mm. Again, the tasks are, are the same, and and someone's rage is is quite visible when they're struggling <laughs> with something, and it's just yeah. Great. <laughs> People are frustrated in the same method. Mm. Translate. Yeah. Like... <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, 
again, probably an era, bef- an era before that. Yeah, the Crystal Maze. Yeah, oh, I love that. Richard O'Brien, what a legend! Yeah, mm. yeah, absolutely loved that. That was a that was a fantastic show. Of course, yeah, that was kind of, sort of members of the general public competing. Mm, yeah. But it was it was interesting to kind of sort of watch the sort of dynamics of people. And Have you seen any of them recently? No, is it still going? There's not many that. Well, I mean, I mean, some of the old versions, like some of the old shows now. There's not many of them tasks that pass health and safety these days. <laughs> <laughs> they were just brutal. Some of them. You got to crawl because... through these cages and stuff, and there'd just be like foam padding and and yeah, yellow tape everywhere nowadays. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Richard Iwadi did a new series of it not too long ago, and that was. It was it was a relatively good fit for it, I think. Yeah, it was all right. It needed a, a kind of like a quirky, quirky character. Yeah, and I think well, big shoes always... to fill. Oh, Brian, yeah, shoes, yeah, exactly. And Ed Tudor Pole when he took over from O'Brien, it was mm. it was all right, but it wasn't quite the same. Yeah, and I think they've they've each kind of made it their own along the way. And I think it, if you yeah. dropped any of them into each other's set up it might might have been a different thing but yeah so you you two wouldn't remember there was a similar sort of thing in a way going back a very long time called the adventure game that was Mm. that was a cracking that was on that was actually on on sort of children's tv kind of yeah it was on like it'd be like kind of five o'clock on a Wednesday, obviously mm-hmm. not a blue Peter day. And it would be the premise was they would they would essentially there were these aliens that would kidnap celebrities, take them off to this planet. The, the aliens would turn in and the yeah, amazing coffee in the nineteen seventies, early eighties kind of sort of costumes. Mm. Would, would then kind of uh transmutate into kind of humanoids. The celebrities then would have to sort of solve these sort of puzzles and clues to kind of get through to kind of sort of the the final stages. And this sort of last bit, they had this, they had to go across like a grid. Um, it was almost like so you could you could move diagonally left or right, going forwards. They're all bishops, and essentially. <laughs> um, but there was there was only kind of yeah, you essentially you'd only have like black, and it would they. What they couldn't see, they were competing against another one of the aliens, but who was invisible. The audience could see, but they couldn't. <laughs> so if they bumped into them, they would get vaporized. Nice. I was just like, yeah. See, now I'm, not, now I'm not, here feeling they got like... to the side. They all got to go home. <laughs> I'm getting a bit of a nightmare vibe. I was now. just thinking nightmare. That that was what it was called, wasn't it? Yeah. And they were on the oh, little yeah. grid blindfold. Yeah. Yeah, it's the full, yeah, full like once, helmet on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow, I've not yeah. thought about that that show for many, many years. Yeah, we introduced um, the little one to it, and uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's aged as well as you'd expect. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's funny when something like that happens, my, my brain instantly goes back to, E, when I were a lad, when Nope Fields. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the go-to thing whenever you, you're referring to something from, from time yep. ago. Like. <laughs> Uphill, both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's the classic, if you want to go there, we've got the classic Monty Python sketch here. Well, I was a lad, yeah. I've watched Life of Brian this afternoon again. That, that Again, that's another thing I can just watch over and over again. <laughs> that and Holy Grail. It's just, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah, we did Holy Grail recently. I've seen for years. I have them on like a, a fortnight rotation. <laughs> Again, I just put it on like a podcast and crack on with whatever I'm doing. And you've seen it so often, you know what's going on, so you can visualise what's happening. So it's uh, yeah, you don't need to. Yeah. Probably why I don't watch a lot of films or series because you've got to sit and watch it. Whereas I, I need to, I need to be doing ten mm. different things at the t- at the same time. <laughs> I had a little look actually. In the last four years, I've done almost. 5,300 podcast hours. So it's essentially wow. averaging six and a half hours a day for the last four years. <clears throat> so, yeah, I think I need to uh, get out more. <laughs> I think that's on a par with Erasmus, I think. He just does around about the same. In the zone as well. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. I love him. It's, um, well, I, it's, it's mainly, mainly kind of comedy stuff I listen to. A little bit of true mm. crime, but it's delivered in a comedy way. Because <laughs> when it gets a bit heavy, I just like, oh, I can't do it. Oh, people are yeah. evil. Oh. But if it's just kind of delivered jovially, it's it's a bit easier to, to take. <laughs> I'm just going to find out if I can... My playback stats. Let's have a look. Five and a half yeah. hours today. But only three and a half hours yesterday. <laughs> like two, two days, two hours in this week. My, my yeah. podcasting has been relatively low for the last month and a half because I uh, got Spotify Premium again. And I've, I've refound music, <laughs> which is quite good. Anything yeah. good that you listen to at the minute? Um, 90, uh, early 2000s new metal, pretty much. <laughs> Deftones mainly. Yeah, there's a lot of that in my playlist as well. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's my jam. That. <laughs> yeah. Occasionally get a bit of uh, kind of mid to late 90s indie slipping in there as well. Mm. Bit of the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, some strokes and that every now and again. I've been making trip hop playlists because I've uh, I've really gone down the uh, Portishead uh, rabbit hole again. Nice. I love all that stuff. It's so good. And then I'll come to write something similar, and it's like, oh, nah, I'm not very good at this. <laughs> but it's hard to replicate something like that. Yeah, definitely. Especially something like Portishead. That's such a unique way about it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, because you're you you're a bit of bit of a kind of a composer. Or do you, would you say composer? Is composer the right word? Um, I'd guess so. I'd, I'd, I'd say bedroom musician. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I played play guitar for a very long time, and and um, I don't 
feel like I've, uh, uh, I'm as good as I should be for the length of time I've been playing. But it, you get out of it what you put in, and I've got, I've put enough in to get what I need out. And to get any better, I need to then start learning theory and and all that kind of stuff, which I know a bit about. And I mean, I did two years of it at uni. Um, mm. But towards the end, I just I, I hated it to the point where I'd come home and I didn't even want to play it anymore because it was like, oh, well, you need to remember this minus seven, flat five, and how to construct this scale. And it's like, oh, yeah. no, I like this note and that note because it sounds good together and I'm going to put them together and then put these after it and then we're done. <laughs> like, I don't need to be able to explain it. I just want it to sound nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah because you've, you're, um, you've composed the theme music twice now or are we on three times for uh for clamp um yeah. i think we might even be on the fourth now actually <laughs> um i don't know which one would have been my favorite number two i think because it's kind of it's kind of like a rockier um yeah I, it's sort of the idea, again like like pop culture remembering things like that there are certain songs and music, but yeah, will stick in the head and years like back to Carter. Yeah, the, yeah exactly. Yeah, <laughs> when you heard it live from the original, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it sticks around here. Um, at the minute, one of the lads at work every single morning, he'll go bee ba 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 da bop. <laughs> now I'm gonna have to listen to Scatman John to get that out of my head for the next <laughs> not having that in there for the entire day again. <laughs> One of the reasons why I signed up for Spotify, <laughs> headphones in and just blast it out with something completely different. <laughs> oh, that's that was cruel. Just <laughs> and that that's an earworm as well. That thing. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> yeah, we get, I get that in the men's shed sometimes. Yeah, it's like you'd be just working away on something quietly. And somebody will just start humming something or singing something, kind of. Yeah, mm. just, it'll just have appeared in their head, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah so I've heard something. It's just like five minutes later, you're, you're doing the same. Five minutes later, it's just like, why have I got this stuck in my head? That's your fault. That is. Yeah, the only way to get rid of it is to listen to it start to finish. Yeah, back back around twenty ten ish, I was working in a, an open plan office that was. Um, there's a load of different companies all in like a hot desky shared space mm. kind of thing. And um, there was someone from this other company sort of, I don't know, 10 meters to, a, uh, to the side of us. And uh, one of the guys had like a holdover from polyphonic ringtones, <laughs> you know, where everyone else is onto, you know, kind of better stuff. He'd obviously just had this one ringtone for, for years and just mm. kept it, but it was the um, Ring of Fire. Oh, nice! So it would just be this. <laughs> but he was obviously doing something uh, that required people to phone mm. him all the time. So, like, quite often throughout the day, you'd just get that would go off. And a mate of mine that I was working with just like hated any kind of unnecessary noise. So like if someone was chewing loudly or desk drumming or stuff like that, he'd just start like his eyes just start twitching. And I'm a drummer as well, so I understand the rage. 
yeah. So because we, we worked with another guy who was he was a jazz drummer, like sort of in the evening. So he'd just be, you know, he'd, he'd have his cans on and he'd be drumming away on his desk rather than actually working. But he did, this guy would just be, his eye would just be twitching, and then the guy's phone would go off, and he was, he was just like, you could see him like <laughs> visibly just getting more and more wound up by all this stuff. The polyphonic ringtones was good when that become a thing because a lot of it was just MIDI backed. And yeah, it was. That's, yeah. I dabbled in that, so I I used to just write little songs for for like my own ringtones and send them around to my mates and stuff. If you want, oh, you want a specific thing, I'll download the MIDI file for it, convert it into to yeah. a, a snippet, and then send it over to their phones. It was it was great. And then it all changed to MP3s, and you could have an actual song as your ringtone. Yeah, I think my dad's phone plays the entire. A sweet child of mine when he get a text message <laughs> still not changed it it's, it just it just doesn't stop just constantly like, oh dad's got a text again you can hear it playing six minutes later <laughs> <sighs> i used to love to that taking like the um the the like game sounds so when you get like a power up in a game or whatever oh yeah yeah and having that as like the uh text message time <laughs> that roy walker Ooh. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> oh dear I, was, I, I was just gonna say i used to hate it when i was teaching when you kind of you get kids to, the with the for quite a long time uh one of the courses i, I think still has it but i stopped teaching that course obviously but i even before I finished teaching, I stopped teaching it. There was a there was a course called Advancing Physics, A level course, which is a really good course, context driven. And part of the assessment for the, for the students was they had to do a presentation on a material. So you kind of yeah, yeah, even lower down the school, you try and sort of teach them sort of presentation skills. So you get them every now and again to kind of, sort of do a presentation, particularly for this kind of piece of A level coursework. They had to do a presentation. They had to pick a material, they had to find its uses, and they had to explain, you know, from a physics point of view, why the, the properties of the material on a micro and a macro scale would be useful for this particular application. Yeah, it's like, mm -hmm. I think it's anything, yeah, sort of, yeah, leather for cricket balls or, you know, willow for cricket bat, <clears> or you know, the steel used in katana for you know, whatever. It didn't really didn't matter what they chose. They just had to kind of, there was criteria which also was there. Mm. And every year and they all did PowerPoint because yeah, PowerPoint was the thing. Is this pretty much mm. before Google Classrooms was as widespread as it is now. And every year there would be at least twenty five percent of the cohort would pick sound effects for the transitions on their PowerPoint. Yeah, varying from the kind of the, the typewriter. Mm. It's like, <laughs> it's like, right, stop right there. Turn that off now. Yeah, exit. You can go back in, turn that off. We're not having that. Or there'd be swooshes and, and you know, pings <laughs> as the slides went in. It's just like, do you ever see, do you ever see me when I use a PowerPoint do anything like that? Whoosh. But Andy, we, this is this would have been the you know the, the kind of the time of MySpace and everybody's page being flashing and marquees and blue dot mid loading on page load. 
and also Everybody. playing tunes from your favorite whatever that you've pasted yeah. on there and stuff. Yeah. Exactly. I know. But... I wonder if Tom's still about. <laughs> Probably still got the same profile photo. <laughs> yeah. Hey, MySpace. I've still got one of them with songs on it somewhere. They, they reinvented it as a, a bit more of a music-based kind of social media. Ah. Did Last of Them take over? <laughs> that, that was another thing that did the same sort of thing, wasn't it, for a while? Mm. Yeah, I don't okay. know. Nostalgia. Oh, nostalgia. We had a, we had a, a, a Discord group, or at least a, a channel within our uh, my, my friend circles Discord group, and we called it the Nostalgia Network. And we basically watched um, Gladiators um, from right. season two onwards. And towards the end, it was announced that they're filming a new series, and they do the filming it now in Sheffield. <laughs> so it's going to be a, a brand new season of Gladiators coming soon. And Wolf's son Ooh. is one of the glads as well. Oh, really? that's cool. Yeah. I, I was doing it mainly with a friend who now lives in New Zealand. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we, we were watching that. And then we'd have like a couple of episodes of um, catchphrase and all sorts <laughs> of stuff. And, and 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 he made like little beds and stings for it. And tonight on the Nostalgia Network with like AI voice and stuff. It was just really good. It was like a whole production. <laughs> Just for like four or five people in this one little group. I mean, amazing! It was brilliant. Yeah, it was good. That still a gladiators. We tried to. We, we tried quite a lot of them, like um, uh, Krypton Factor. We tried as well, but it, yeah, it, it, it was great. The early, the point. early Krypton Factor was better than the the, the, the later seasons. Mm. The sort of more recent seasons of Krypton Factor. Yeah, it was it was some it of the older the stuff we were vibe. doing. And, and you had to you had to land the plane and and then make the the, the shapes into the square and and then there was the assault course at the end. Oh, brilliant, mm. good times. Superstars? <laughs> or was that before your time? I don't don't recall that one. No. Ah, Superstars. Mm. Superstars was great. Mostly, he kept getting won by Brian Jacks, who was a adjudicator, and. Essentially, the idea was they would take athletes and they would get them doing kind of fitness things to see who was the best. <laughs> they'd take be, athletes be, and make them cry. Almost, yeah. So it'd be like they'd be like head to head, but they'd be doing things like, yeah, press ups, head to head. Yeah, it'd be like, mm. yes, it'd be like a darts player versus a, a, a rugby player. And then they just have a variety of different. <laughs> sort of very it different skills yeah it was just i i, I think the, the only close one there would be the drinking <laughs> oh, well, was it was it one. was that sketch i can't remember who it was by but like and then they'd go down and pick up the drink oh what it, was it um harry Enfield, maybe it could have been actually the Paul white house but yeah that that was that was great that one yeah that was good Oh, and he's going for a two. <laughs> oh, that was a double vodka. <laughs> I feel like that was quite funny. Yeah, watching darts or snooker. Yeah, it's just like yeah, pints of beer and 
drinks just 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 be drinking it'd just be like a pub mm. a totally pub environment yeah. yeah but yeah on a stage or kind of yeah, an auditorium <laughs> with, yeah. with the audience around <laughs> televised drinking <laughs> yeah and for something like snooker to you know to not have like you know you've got to um sort your shot out so that it goes round the you know the 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 stain on the you know on the, on the near the corner pocket and yeah. <laughs> run the, the beer ring in the corner yeah. well, <laughs> certainly the 70s and down. 80s quite a few of the, the snooker players would play absolutely bladded yeah they mm. they would just be they'd have yeah eight ten pints over the course of the game <laughs> 10 pints. I'd be on my back like a beetle scratching at the sky after 10 pints. <laughs> I'd probably just be running to the low after each shot. <laughs> well, that's where they break up. Yeah, they they've, yeah, break after each frame, don't they? Yeah, to kind of. Yeah, yeah toilet break. Go, go get a fresh point. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's just it's just different different kind of world, isn't it? I, the mm, way mm. sport is, uh, I, I've talked about it before. I used to sort of climb, and you know, when I'm reading books about kind of sort of some of the pioneers of climbing back in the kind of sort, of, I mean, you know, all the way through the sort of twentieth century. Mm. But when you kind of get you know, those in the kind of you know, the fifties and the sixties. And yeah, they'd be literally kind of sort of taking. Yeah, they 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 were like, I can't remember his name now. Uh, no, I can't remember his name. But there's one. He was a plumber. Yeah. So yeah, his 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 training during the week consisted of carting round his 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 box of tools. Yeah, mm-hmm. big steel cantilever box. Yeah, he's cart that around, and then yeah, all weekend it'd be climbing. They you know drive up to North Wales. On a Friday evening, and yeah, and literally, this the, there were photographs of him sort of climbing with a fag hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> it's like they just, just they, yeah, they, they didn't do training. Yeah, yeah, the idea of training for climbing didn't start until the uh, the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most of them just they were the they were the odd one that did kind of elements of it, but yeah, in terms of sort of widespread training, definitely kind of mid 80s before that sort of started mm-hmm. uh, they just yeah they they climbed to train and that was it yeah it was any fitness they had was by virtue of the fact that they yeah cycled to work or yeah an active yeah yeah they, they carted a toolbox around yeah and yeah just like uh, like the most university climbing clubs yeah it's like yeah climbed yeah, you might go to the climbing wall during the week, but then yeah, the weekend you go climbing. Yeah, it's climb during the day and then drink during the night, and then hopefully not cause too many accidents. <laughs> whatever games you get up to. I watched uh, pretty much all of the Fred Dibner stuff that's on YouTube as well recently, on about climbing, and and he was just scaling these big ladders with a fag on, and it's just it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. No harness, no nothing. He's just on this little, the crow's nest, one rope, triangle bit of wood, and he's just swinging yeah. around on it. <laughs> like, absolutely insane. 
<clears throat> yeah, if, if, for those who've never heard of him, if anyone's got maybe listening from the sort of states, Fred Dibner was a steeplejack. Uh, he, he became famous on TV for kind of sort of, sort of amazing feats of. I'm not sure if bravado is the right word. He was, he was all very kind of. He, there was no bravado as such from him. He was just, just like matter of fact, flat cap, fag in the mouth. Just yeah, it's like oh yeah, there's this 150 foot chimney that needs to come down, but we need to climb up to the top first. And just like mm -hmm. fixing ladders on with a bit of rope and yeah, yeah rope just just well. hammering the dog in. There's no nothing yeah. in there other than just a friction fit. And, climbing up, me, and, and going up, yeah, sort of towers where there's kind of a. It'd be like a. Uh, a buttress around the sort of top, which would make it be, be an overhanging ladder. Mm. And you sort of climbing up, and it's just, yeah, he's in, yeah, he's in a, a, a suit jacket. It's one suit thing jacket, getting up and around flat that cap overhang. and a lit yeah. cigarette. Yeah. It's coming yeah. back down that overhang as well. Yeah. <sighs> nah. And, and then he would, and he'd, he'd like take down a, you know, a, a tower or a chimney just by sort of setting a fire at the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it would land exactly where he wanted. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's fair to, to say for, for like for our audiences from you know other parts of the world, it's you know the, the stereotypical image of the British person that people have from like the south of England. You know, the, the kind of the, the well-spoken, more regal type. Uh, the the other stereotype of the British person is the one from the north and that is him basically. E you like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Speak proper funny. Got flat flat cap, lit cigarette, climb stuff, knock it down. That's that's pretty much it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And even even the colour TV was kind of a bit grey and, and grey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All washed out like, like pastel. <laughs> Well, that's what that's what happens after you get past the waffle gap, isn't it? Yeah, mm, pretty much. I'll find the video. People, uh, it's yeah, not something I could do, even though yeah, I climbed, but no, that is just it was a different. It'd be interesting to see if he if he ever kind of got the sort of the climbing the rock climbing bug yeah he would have been fantastic mm. yeah i mean I, I would imagine he could you know crush walnuts with his hands <laughs> oh yeah for sure yeah. Or, yeah or even kind of you know, steel nuts with his hands yeah i would imagine he's probably got a grip of iron just, yeah just uh, cracking brazil nuts with his hands yeah <laughs> There's there's one in particular I love that he um, he goes on holiday with his family to Blackpool for like a long weekend, but he also <laughs> spies a chimney that needs taking down. So he sort of booked it in together. So he went on holiday and then spent three days of his holiday also taking this chimney down while his wife and kids were on the beach. <laughs> Just love that mentality. It's brilliant. It's, oh, I'm gonna go holiday, but yeah, I need to do that job. Yeah. <laughs> Just brilliant. I, so, how would you describe Blackpool to uh, anyone who's outside the UK or never had the pleasure? Oh, it's Vegas of the North, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> With um, the, uh, tower. Without offending yeah. anyone from Blackpool, it's a lovely place. 
my uncle used to live there and I got my car broken into. So yeah, it's a lovely place. <laughs> that was the last time I actually bought music. I had like 45, 50 original CDs that were nicked from the car. Oh, and back then they were sort of 15, 16 quid a pop. So I'm like, ah, I'm never buying music again. Ah. So then I went yeah. through a phase of downloading it all and now you can stream it all. So it's, uh, it's come full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's that's legal to stream it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, depending on where you stream it from, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lime wire. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about that recently. I was, I was doing a bit of digging on the because uh, it was the the Nutella network that Lime Wire run on, and mm. um, just doing a bit of digging into like the the uh the history and there's a few of them that are actually still running and operational with these things. oh really yeah despite the they've been rebranded and sued a million times over mm. and stuff um but you know like uh someone's taken the original project and forked it off and done some other stuff to it and made it slightly less horrifically unsafe and mm. you know all this kind of stuff um yeah, it's surprising that, that there are still people using it in this mm. day and age where torrents are a thing and where legal streaming is ubiquitous and super easy. And <clears throat> yeah, it's just there, isn't it, it, nowadays? Just yeah, on the, on tap. Mm. Yeah. It's not something I've ever had, to be fair. I've not had uh, like a Netflix sub or anything like um, again, probably because I don't watch a lot of TV. Um, it's only ever on when the Xbox is on, really, and that's very rarely on these days. Mm. I'm normally watching a YouTube video whilst looking around at something on my computer, whilst listening to a podcast and <laughs> doing all sorts of things all at once. Like That just seems to be what happens these days. It sounds like you've got the same undiagnosed conditions as me. Say, and tell, tell us about your ADHD. <laughs> Or tell us you got ADHD without telling us you got ADHD. <laughs> yeah. So I need to do so much stuff, but I end up just doing nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never actually thought about it, to be fair. But it, I mean, it, it's it's quite a normal thing, isn't it, with the creative mm. in general? You, you can't focus on one thing in particular unless you've got that thing that you're working on. Then it's just hyper focus. Yep. Until you can't look at it anymore, and then you never look at it ever again. Yeah. <laughs> when you get to that eighty percent mark, and then you go, yeah, "I'm not allowed to do the twenty, the last twenty percent." <laughs> Put it in the pile with the rest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've nearly finished one project. Let's start three more. Well, that's it. I'm not sure you can see it from here, but that thing was yeah. something I started. Uh, a while ago now and it, it was going to be like a little marble run with a helter skelter type thing running down mm. but mm. i was using armature wire for the runners and and um i did a lot of restrings guitar restrings at the music shop and i used to save all of the little ball ends don't know why i've just got hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of these little ball ends so then i was going to use them to attach the armature wire to and um trying to solder it all together and it just kept popping off and 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 then I actually bought some of that liquid, uh, like um, metal putty, to try that instead. And then I just never got around to to doing any more to it. And it's one of those things. It's probably going to sit there for 
I don't know, the next year, and then I'm going to chuck it on my burner when that arrives. (laughs) I might finish it one day. It's half filmed. Do you know what I mean? I've not started editing it yet, but, yeah, it might get finished. It might not. No promises. (laughs) There's a few things like that. Yeah, I've got no idea of that. Of course, no. There's a, there's a, there's a, I can't remember his name now. There's a, a, a YouTube channel that he's on Instagram as well. The guy who pretty much I know, only know him for making marble runs. Mm. And it's just, it's just amazing what the, the, what he puts into it. And yeah, some of them are really quite simple and quite small. Yeah. Mm. But he'll have little mechanisms to sort of lift the ball up. And, but he's, he's, he's bending every single sort of rod. He's just start out with straight straight sort of uh probably about one mil wire mm. might be two, one and a half i don't know um and it's just just step by step and he solders bits together and he makes for the to the tracks it's not just cause time you can't, can't just have kind of two pairs of straight wires you need something to brace it so you cut yeah yeah so then they're all uh, consistent with the part and yeah, the, yeah. He's, got little, he's got little jigs for kind of holding them in the right width it's just oh, nice. It's just that kind of it, all you see. You don't. You don't. He, you don't get him kind of going. Hi, and welcome to my channel. It's, it's literally just kind of. Yeah, you see his hands. Mm. You see him. Mm. You might see the the finished thing at the start, but then he sort of shows the kind of yeah, making it, putting it together, and then operating it. And it's just they're just beautiful. Oh nice! Can't remember his name though. I've dig around. Yeah, in the show notes, I'm sure. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see that. Actually, sounds cool. Mm. Yeah, like the sort of one of those kind of sort of things you kind of think, mm, yeah, that's that's really cool. Love to kind of have a go at it, but I can't miss the guy. He's got a, I can't remember his name at all. I have to dig through my Instagram uh, so I can find it. That could take a while. Yeah, I I say that. <laughs> that's the problem, isn't it? You see all this cool stuff, and and it's like, oh, now I need to remember where I've seen it. Yeah. Oh, which platform was it? Was it Facebook? Was it Instagram? What's <laughs> Institute? Institute. Yeah. yeah. We don't need to know anything anymore, do we? We just need to remember how to find what we knew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so true. It's, yeah. It's a good. I one. mean, that that that's that's a one superpower memories. that you need. That ability to be able to find sort of stuff. Mm. Mm. Oh, so this morning I saw. Um. Again, I can't remember who it was. I can't remember what they make, but it showed this guy's um, sort of bolt and nut collection. J- Jamie posted a picture earlier today of kind of a, 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 a sorting box with sort of M6 nuts and bolts and washers and stuff. In yeah. But the, a few hours before that, I saw this sort of guy and he just, just had this rack of little pull-out drawers I don't know if they were 3D printed or injection molded. They were probably two inches by two and a half inches, maybe three inches, probably sort of three, no more than four inches deep. And it was just like the, the, this wall of, there must have been hundreds. I mean, you only saw enough. I only saw some of them, but you just kind of know that there were, there were going to be more. Yeah. You could probably mm. see about sort of 40. Enough to make you go, ooh. I was like, each, <laughs> each one, they're all black plastic, and in a sort of silver sharpie on each one was sort of the, the name of it and a little picture of it. So, yeah, like, so I think it was all kind of sort of M6 stuff, 
but actually sort of we showed and it was one three but it was just like you know they were they were panhead there were every mm. different type of nut that you can possibly have every type of bolt that you could possibly have all in the same sort of scale <clears throat> um yeah and different lengths of course and each one in a separate pot and it's just like <laughs> Must have taken yeah. months to sort that out. Yeah, he doesn't use any of them. He just wanted to sort them all out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just need to be all separate. <laughs> I, I should start doing some of that because when when Macklin went under, um, our local Macklin, Macklin was selling off way. everything that they were getting rid of, and I bought two of their draw sets off them. So I've got again for our for our American listeners and and for other places, Maplin was a bit like Radio Spares. Yeah, Radio Shack. Radio Shack. That's it. Radio Shack. Maplin were a bit like Sandy. Yeah, Yeah. you could get Sandy. Not not the leather, but the same people. But yeah, Yeah. it was it was all it was electronics and components and things. Yeah. Um, But yeah, they had these draw sets that were probably. What thirty odd draws per set? Um, so yeah, I've got two of those, one stacked on top of the other, um, and like half of it is filled with the components that I bought them in because they basically just unbolted them from the wall, shrink wrapped right. them, and then stuck a label on. And uh, so there's like loads of random bits of like LEDs and resistors and capacitors and crap in them, and then there's loads of just other crap that I've put in as well. Um, and of course, it got to the point where, like, I knew vaguely, roughly what location itch because they're like, it's four drawers wide. And then we're looking, yeah, so probably, probably forty drawers per stack, and there's two of them, so eighty oh, drawers wow. total. Um, so when you you've got a vague idea of, you know, like, ah, I think it's up top left ish. But you've still got to then pull all of the drawers to have a look to see <laughs> just what it was check. In. Yeah. So I got to a point a couple of months back. So I've got um, a USB connected label printer. Oh, nice. And I, I worked out that, um, that I could get the label to fit the front. Uh, so I just sat there and, and would just pull a drawer, write a label, print it, stick it. Up. And so I've got. I don't know, probably two thirds of one of them done. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and then got very bored and then did something else. <laughs> <laughs> and went off to label other stuff. Yeah, but, it, you know, latching, push to make button, latching, push to make button, uh, batteries and holders, batteries, USB to 5.2 by 2.1 mil. You know, it's all four or five drawers of book converters. And it's, it's sensible stuff that I use. And then all the stuff down the bottom that I just don't, you know, <laughs> high power resistors and fuse holders and yeah, there's, a, there's that set of drawers behind you that we can see that has no labels on. Yeah, that lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got to finish those ones before I start those ones. I think. <laughs> That's it. Finish one job before you get another one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got. To, I got to, I need to label mine and rearrange them as well because it's like yeah, it's like. I've put some of my screws into one almost identical to the one behind your head, Jamie. And it's just like, mm. it'll be like 50 mil will be next to 25 mil, which will be next to 70 mil, which will be next to 30 mil. It's just like, all you need to do is rearrange them, but I also need to stick labels on them. It's, 
just to kind of you know, make sure particularly that other people can find them yeah so i i got um back when homebase had been bought out by bunnings i got those from homebase um but i also got some basically double-sided organizer boxes that are uh that flip out in the middle so they 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 split out and then they've got a, a leaf on each side okay they're adjustable and stuff but uh i grabbed a couple of those because they're really useful for all the 3d printing ones so i've got the same thing of all like you know m3 by 8 m3 by 12 you know all socket head cap screws and things and then nuts and washers and, um and they're fantastic for that but then you can't get them anywhere now mm. so it's like i've got loads of bits that are like i'll it's like, oh, I'll, I'll start <laughs> making a collection i'll i'll buy one and i'll organize the stuff in it and then i'll buy another one and then i'll organize the next stuff in it and then you can't get them anymore so <laughs> move on to the next thing it's slightly it, that. yeah it's slightly different size and shape so it doesn't fit so you can't nest everything together and you just end up with you know higgledy piggledy bookshelf type kind of stuff I was yeah, thinking for yours, Andy. You should you should label the drawers regardless of what's in them. Just label them how you want, and then when you open it, it's the wrong. You'll have to change it around. Them. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it'll sort of force you to make 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 the changes. Like a Godwin's uh, law labeling system. Yeah. Oh, M twelve. No, they're not M twelve. <laughs> ah! Then then you've got to do it. Yeah, that might work. Yeah. <laughs> I need, to, I need to do it at the men's shed as well because I've, I've kind of mentioned before I've taken over kind of responsibility for kind of organizing all the sort of tools and supplies. Uh, I'm almost like the quartermaster. Mm. It's like people, yeah, people kind of go, Have we got a such and such? It's like, Yeah, be over there. Got, do you know where this is? Yeah, over there. It's just like just pointing people. I spent half my time on the, every of the sessions just sort of pointing people to, to find it, helping other people find the thing they need. But we've got, We've got kind of organizers a bit like yours, Jamie. And we, I, in fact, we got a couple of those. I, I emptied one. They were just people had given them us to us. Yeah, normally from a, mm. a clearance of a workshop after someone's deceased. And we had a couple of them just like full of, yeah, you know, one of them was just half full of rust, basically. It's <laughs> like, right, that lot can go. And they sort of sorted it out. It's just like, yeah, lots of slotted head screws. Yeah, which like who uses slotted head screws unless you have really have to nowadays. They mm. so got got that sort of semi organized, but not kind of narrowed down to one and, and they're kind of yeah, there's there's a little bit of mixture going on. Mm. But we've got some wooden ones as well. One of the one of the guys made some quite decent sized, yeah. Probably yeah, four inches wide by sort of three, two and a half, three inches high and five inches deep. Which are great for kind of putting bigger screws into. Yeah, you can get hundred mil mm. screws in, not a problem. And there's a bunch of them. They kind of they're in sort of four by four sort of boxes, so they can slide out. But some of it's and they're labelled. They're not mostly labelled, but it's like you're looking at kind of oh, I need some forty mil screws. And you kind of pull out and there's like three left. Yeah, okay, well, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll get some thirty fives. Will do. And you pull up the one with thirty fives in. It's like there's. A few 35s and a whole bunch of 30s. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of 30s in there. Just, like... just, just countersink the shorter ones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> um, <laughs> an extra little bit. 
or you or you get kind of here you get kind of here it'll be just like maybe 40 mil but you open up the 40 mil it's like there's a mixture of sort of three mil by 40 mil and four mil by 40 mil and a couple of five mil by 40 mil like i gotta be separate <laughs> uh but luckily he's making some more so hopefully we can sort of separate nice. them out yeah my, my stuff's all over the place there's no real rhyme or reason to any of it at the minute <clears throat> I'm, I'm looking at getting some sort of tall roller uh cabinets just mm. to then put everything in them so then when i come to clear the shed i can take all of the tools out in one to then put the floor uh, in yeah so again like that's it. another one of the things that has to happen before the other thing that has to happen <laughs> it's just ongoing it's never ending or just dump it all into cardboard boxes and dump it in the house talk the floor out put the draw get the drawers and put them in and then you have to sort it a bit like putting the labels on yeah. <clears throat> there is that yeah that definitely seems like you were both getting each other back then <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> one of my mates was saying oh you don't need a shed to put all your stuff from the shed in while you do the shed just put it in the house i said like mate if my lathe gets brought into the house you know where it's warm and dry <laughs> it's never gonna leave the house <laughs> i can't have that <laughs> It has to be outside. I need that separation. <laughs> That's why you can yeah, appreciate when people bring so motorbikes many in. And, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a good workshop, that is. No, no. It's not a good workshop. Shut up. <laughs> he needs a dining room. Yeah. yeah. I would definitely do that if, yeah, if, if, I, was, if I was on my own. Yeah, and I, yeah, had a house. It would definitely be a case of right. Yeah, <clears throat> bedroom, bathroom, kitchen, workshops, workshop. basement workshop would be brilliant. Another workshop. Mm. I started out with a workshop at the bottom of the garden. You know, it was like a brick shed. Um, and then the second that the kind of the, the secondary workshop that's attached to the house was built, the other workshop is just stores stuff that i don't need immediately mm -hmm. and yeah it, it, as soon as there was a nice warm dry convenient workshop that didn't require a walk to the bottom of the garden moved in <laughs> yeah everything got abandoned down there and once every couple of months i go and grab a couple of bits that i think oh i can bring them up and take something else down and yeah you know, do, do a bit yeah, of a, a, swap. Bit, a bit of rotation yeah yeah you, you can't favor some tools over the others the others will get jealous yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's the danger that you end up in the situation that I'm in, though. Yeah, particularly if you get an extra shed. I mm. mean, currently in our garden, we have three sheds, a sort of low level garden store, and the greenhouse. And that's excluding the tinkerage, which is brick built. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it was a case of, yeah, the, the summer house was there when we arrived. So that became you. Know, that was the shed. Mm. So that didn't quite get filled up. But over the years, you know, particularly with my kind of maybe a bit of a habit um, of kind of saving stuff from skips and or from being skipped, particularly when I was working, uh, plus the leftovers from DIY jobs, plus kind Got of got to keep every single piece, haven't you? Every yeah. piece. You never. I mean, it, a little bits of wood. 
Yeah, we can fix the bandsaw. Yeah, the little bits of wood now are going to be useful for practicing. Yeah, turning on. Yeah, because I'm just practicing kind of you know, tool gouge skills or skew mm. chisel. Yeah, bit of pine, but I will do. Yeah. Um, are yeah, you getting on with it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. Sometimes have been better than others. Um, oh, it's mad frustrating. I'd like, at times. To, I'd like sure. to say I've done it every day this week. Because it's only last weekend when I had it actually sort of mm. set up and sort of running. Um, but most days, I've, I've done a little bit each day. Yeah, like some days, it's like, I thought, today I thought, what? I've got this little strip of ply. Yes, it's kind of what would happen if I put the ply in and, and try and turn that? And it's just like, <laughs> yeah, splinters nicely. Um, <laughs> doesn't turn nicely. It's funny, though. Uh, maybe it's like, <laughs> yeah, but I kind of expected it. But yeah, maybe it's laminated together, yeah, cut and yeah, like a block. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I've got I've got plenty of stuff to do that with. Um, so yes, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like yeah, some days it kind of works nicely, some days it kind of yeah gets a bit frustrating. Then mm. um, that's what practice is about, isn't it? Yeah, that's how you make progress, trying it and you know seeing oh. what works, and yeah, I'm trying to use. I've got a reasonably good set of tools now i don't think it's anything critical missing um yeah i mean that i mean yeah there's obviously hundreds of turning tools that you can buy and um of different shapes and sizes but i've, mm-hmm. I've got a reasonably good set now i've picked up a couple there's a place closing down um so i got i got three from there basically i got three tools for the price of two oh nice closing down sale um I found a couple of other places where they kind of there were a couple of sales going on, and it's like, oh, I haven't got one of those. That could be useful. Uh, probably won't buy any more tools for a while, but Famous yeah, it here first. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I I I Can I be the first to shout bollocks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think tools I probably won't buy any for a while, but yeah, it's like, I want to do some pen turning. So they'll, they'll be the mandrel for that. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah. So oh, you'll be able to pick up some trade price stuff at uh, Makers. Yeah. Okay, some sponsorship. Yeah, obviously I'm going to be a star, star turner by then if I go. Yeah. Um, I, I yeah, think so stars off. would be quite a difficult thing to turn. Never do. Well, if you're not ambitious Point. enough, Jamie, yeah. It's like... <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, Sorry, going back to the, the shed, going back to the sort of shed, yeah, it kind of like yeah, it started off with the one, and then that, that was kind of like this isn't particularly useful, and it's not, it's really difficult to get the kind of the lawnmower out, yeah, <sighs> and stuff like that. So let's get another shed. So we've got a, yes, yeah, so, and the, that one's sort of twelve by six, twelve by seven, hmm. um, and it's feet, it's not much hodge. <laughs> yeah, oh, I wish. Yeah, yeah, feet. So then we kind of bought, yeah, seven foot by seven foot shed. Yeah, it was like, what can we afford? What can we get? Yeah, found something. Seven by the seven. Price foot. Shed is the, wild. Yeah, mm. that became the that became the garden sort of store stuff. But I also put a bench in there with the idea, or well, maybe at some point it could we could run a cable down there and it could become a little workshop because mm. it was bigger than Pinkridge. That's never happened. Um, and then that, of course, filled up. And then last year we kind of went. Right, okay, we've got to do something about this, particularly as the, the, the first one is falling apart. 
literally is rotten. Yeah, it's we had we got is it sort of slightly on the tilt as well. No, no, it's <laughs> nice and square, but you probably could climb out of the back corner. All right, push some of the rotten panels out of the way. Um, and, and it is kind of as you were saying earlier about kind of doing one job after another. So then we ended up, lately, yeah, last year, I think early last year, we bought another shed which is now got only gardening stuff in mm. and yeah the ladders the smaller ladders the bigger ladders don't fit in it but the sort of sort of step ladders um and yeah extension cable just kind of only stuff we would possibly use and then of course yeah, it's like now right, i've got to try and empty the the, the bottom one because it's falling apart but the roof is good because i replaced the roof about a number of years ago before i finished teaching but the roof on the new the second shed that is just disastrous it's 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 more like tissue paper and sounds like you need to make one good one out of the two well this is it <laughs> so i've got it once the the first one is emptied i can take the good roof off also i'll get new felt that then I'll have to take off the roof off the, the second one. That triggers the rush, take the roof. Off, take the roof off the second one means I've got to empty the second one, at least temporarily. Uh, it's just, yeah, not fun. So be careful of getting another shed because you'll just. <laughs> I've already foreseen it. To be fair, so <clears throat> the, the lawnmower I'd have to go in it because that's currently in my workshop along yeah, with yeah. a couple of spades and a fork and and some edge trimmers and 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 some and the hedge cutters and that's that's it everything else is is wood and or turning related <laughs> but the new shed is going to become the storage garden stuff and probably a, a, an overflow wood store as well i've, I've foreseen it it's gonna happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> gotta keep all your scraps though you never know you never yeah. know yeah I, I do dip into my scrapping quite a lot, actually, for just random little bits of like, oh, I just need to drill this hole. I think I'll, I'll just, I'll drill it in a bit of scrap first and then use that as a guide because Sonny, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of that kind of, I'm, I'm lining something up, you know, just making a quick 30 second jig for something. Yeah. Like that. It's, the, the scraps just then get slightly smaller and you hack a bit off for this bit and wedge this bit in here and but you put it underneath to drill a hole into so that it doesn't blow out the bottom of the, the cut and yeah, stuff like exactly. that yeah it's, it's yeah. stuff that becomes less and less useful as scraps and then you finally get to that point of lobbing Chuck it, it on the, fire. the, rest of the crap. yeah <laughs> we keep we keep a box at the men's shed which kind of you know the scrap wood goes into that every now and again one some, one of the guys will kind of go okay i'll take that for my fire particularly this summer year it's like and it, it which is great, yeah. It means we haven't got to. It gets used. It's yeah, it gets used mm. up. But of course, yeah. Every now and again, somebody else will be making something. They'll throw part pieces into the sort of the scrap bin, and then every sort of session, I'm rooting through it, pulling out. Well, that's good. I can use that because I'm making sort of tool holders and stuff. And I'm just literally kind of yeah, shoveling bits together. It's just like, yeah, no, no, that's good. I can use that. It's yeah, that one's got a nice straight edge. We can, yeah, yeah. yeah happy days. Oh, there's a ninety on the yeah, top of that it. one. I oh, see. I just only need to drill a couple of holes in that, and that's that's a <laughs> that's a screw hole, screwdriver holder, and it's just like, and they're like, oh. so then I've got this. There's these boxes which kind of yeah, 
Andy's boxes of things he's going to use to make stuff from it. Like, <laughs> you see the guys with the fires eyeing it up because they want to take it and burn it. Every time it's just like a little a little scrap piece. It's like, oh, that, that's a light pole, that is. I'll keep hold of that. <laughs> or, or, or it's, I mean, it's just a little thing. Oh, I can make a little egg or... or... Well, yeah. I sort kind of, I've, yeah, I've been, I've been kind of, yeah, upping my game on uh, turning videos, and I can't remember who it was now. Uh, Richard Raffin, or Ratin. Um, uh, Richard Raffin. Yeah, I think it might have been one of his. And he talked about kind of literally taking a little sort of scrap, and then just sort of turning beads. Mm. Actually, just drilling, drilling a hole through first, using uh, obviously a. A live center on the tail stock and he had a a dead center on the, the headstock but he also showed a way you could do it with just a essentially a, a little cone of wood stuck in mm. a truck and then using a skew it was particularly for skew chisel practice yeah and sort of yeah using, using a skew and turning these sort of wooden beads and it's like i like that i, I mean some of the small ones the the, the beardy folks um yeah. beard beads are a thing yeah, mm. you know. yeah. But uh, yeah, it'd be a nice way of kind of using up some of the really smaller little sort of pieces I've got. Mm. Yeah, ten minutes a day they say. Turn beads and coves. Ten minutes a day, and that's 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 all you need. <laughs> I don't know though. <laughs> it took me a lot longer than that, I think. <laughs> Unless that's specific to skew. But again, it, it's good practice anyway, beads and coves. Even yeah. if you get nothing other than sawdust at the end of it, it's still been worthwhile. Definitely a lot of sawdust. Definitely a lot of sawdust. Um, I'm I've done 10 minutes a day. Now. Definitely doing sort of five minutes a day. Apart from there were a couple of days last week where I was just too busy, didn't get it. And I didn't yesterday, but a few minutes today. And it's just like, it, it, and this is what I've, one of the reasons I kind of wanted to get a lathe of my own, because often we, as I've mentioned before, we had we were given a lathe at the, the men's shed, and it's something I've kind of yeah wanted to do, but stayed away from the rabbit hole edge because I just know too many people doing it and kind mm. of know that it was going to be a rabbit hole, but kind of like that was just like the push to the edge, and it's like if I get my own, I can practice, I can learn the skills. Did a course, mm. so kind of got some tuition from somebody who really knows what they're doing. Nice. And then just kind of, yeah, I can practice. I can go out there almost every day and, and sort of practice a little bit. And as my skills develop, of course, I'll hopefully be able to make more things. Mm. Um, there's a few things I want to make. Yeah. <sighs> that list's never ending as well. Yeah. <laughs> Another thing just gets added to it all the time. And yeah, it's just uh, there's some amazing things, yeah. So, yeah, hopefully by this Christmas, yeah, if family and friends will be getting kind of you know, turned things, mm. Christmas presents. I've I've kind of got to that point now. It's like, how much more can I give to people for Christmas? Do you know what I mean? It's like, surely they're gonna just be sick of all the shit I've made at their house, like. <laughs> Oh no no we like it it's good I know yeah but I still feel like I'm I, I don't know I just go around there and it just looks like my house because there's just <laughs> tons of stuff at these places 
So I, d I don't know when, at what point it, it, it gets too much. And they're too nice. They'd never say, oh, no more whatever. Do you know what I mean? But I don't know. <laughs> Stop giving us your crap. <laughs> yeah. I know they say it's always better to have made something and whatnot. But again, kind of like, uh, how many fruit bowls do you need? Or, or... <laughs> you, you only need one toothpick holder. Do you know what I mean? It's not like, <laughs> I don't need a collection of them. I don't know. You might. <laughs> well, you've, you've, you've got to kind of, you've just got to kind of, think a little bit more laterally here okay so a toothpick holder for one well for, for all your friends so each one of them's got a toothpick holder yeah which of course yeah you then have a separate one for the cocktail sticks for the kitchen mm. so, and you're yeah, sewing needle holders sewing yeah. needle holder yeah make a shorter version for those who've got kids for the tooth fairy box ah yeah hmm interesting yeah so yeah there's 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 scope for i uh, gave you if you use the suitable wood you could have a, a pill holder for mm. those who sort of pills i was making like little ring boxes as well just out of the off cuts because because again it's just like a tiny little piece of wood that you just throw in the box or it'd get slapped across the room and kicked under whatever and there it'd stay but just like a, a little piece that you could get a lid out of that and it doesn't need to fit together too much because you could put a magnet there that would hold it yeah. together and that would save you another another bit of space so you need even less wood. Donna just made a suggestion in the chat as well. Knitting needle holders. Oh, yeah, that's knit. a good idea too. Longer. Yeah. yeah crochet, crochet hook holders. Uh -huh. Yeah. Mm. What else? If anyone's into kind of fishing, you can have a float holder. Yeah, yeah. Random wooden cylinders, <laughs> Roll it, rolling pins. I, I, I want to make an engine. Obviously, it's not going to work, but um, I did like the off-center turning um, that just look, look a, it looked like a little crankshaft. And it'd just be Ooh. great to actually get little rods and little pistons and, and kind of mock mm. it all up like... There it is, actually. It's like a Tiny yeah, crank. Yeah, it's um, it'd just be good to see that in a, like a little a little model. I don't know how I'm going to do it beyond that part, but that's where the fun is, isn't it? I suppose trying to work it out. Well, I guess you need to pick the scale to start with, and mm. probably start with the crankshaft. If you start with crankshaft, but then. Guess you what then what need I to have got is um, you know, like um, radio control cars, little nitro. Uh, so I've got like a little, uh, I think they were like 5cc or, or mm. really, really small little thing. It's not going to be 5 cubic centimetres in a tiny engine, is it? What am I on about? But yeah, taking one of those part, and, and I, th I think it'd be easier to, to replicate something with an actual yeah. thing. So you, you make it like for like. Um, I don't mind doing stuff like that. You set up all the, the feeler gauges and you can just crack through a job like that. Mm. But yeah, but it'd be much cool. easier to copy something of, of uh, to scale than, yeah. than to just pull it out of. Uh, yeah. Have you thought? I mean, have you thought of? Have you seen those uh, transparent model engines that you can get? Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. You could get one of those and then copy mm. that. 
turning a four cylinder block would be interesting though <laughs> yeah yeah well, that's multi-axis all over the place isn't it <laughs> yeah I, I, was, I was actually wondering yeah, keep the keep the transparent block and oh just and just put wooden, mm, wooden internals yeah that'd be good. the pistons and the valves cool. so that they can all be seen I've just just seen Donna's written phone stand. Um, a friend of mine wants a headphone stand, so that's nice. uh, that's something I'm going to do. Like a basically just look like like a big pill on a, on an angle, flat side nice. on the back and the front. Maybe put a little bit of design on it if uh, I'm feeling handy with the Dremel and uh, yeah, that's that's mm. something. That's a project coming up soon. Just need to work out how I'm going to do that. Nice. There's, 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 there's scope for stuff. Yeah, I think it's a case of. Yeah, I mean, I've had a, I mean, I've had a couple of ideas of stuff that I want to have a go at making. Some of which I know is beyond, obviously, my, all my skills yet because you know, right at the beginning of the journey. Um, yeah, I want to make, I, I really want to make a couple of really nice, fountain pens, maybe a, a mechanical pencil. That to match rollerball, not I'm not really into biros. I do, I mean, I do use mm. biros just because they're normally they're just around, and they're convenient, and they're great for certain things. You know, if you're doing a crossword in a newspaper, fountain pens tend to just not be very good. Mm. But, uh, mm. Yeah, biro tend to work nicely. Um, so yeah, I want to do that, but you know, in order to get to one that I'm going to be happy with, I'm obviously I'm going to have to make other ones, but also probably start with just you know the, the standard slimline pens. Mm. Uh, I'd go over there, and yeah, there's, there's, I've seen some lovely vases and hollow forms. That I think, yeah, I'd love to have a go at making that. And again, again, it's hollow, hollow forms are, are, are incredible. The, the the work that has to go into those, like it's it's just unreal. I love them. I I, I genuinely love them, but I don't make them all the time because. I break a lot of them, so you don't see a lot of them because <laughs> you kind of blow through the side or whatever. And then again, you, you started looking into like these like jigs that are arm supported, and then you've got the laser guide one, so you can check your your thickness and stuff. But oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I'm just I'm I'm not I'm not prepared to fork out three hundred quid on one tool at this moment. It'd be great, and and I'd make loads of stuff with it, but. Uh, it's just a yeah, lot it's of yeah. away on a thing. <clears throat> I was um uh oh, week before last I, I went to uh Ed Oliver's Oliver's Oliver Wood Turning, which is Ed Oliver the RPT. Yeah. Not far from me. It's it's like less than ten minute drive. Right. I've never been there before. No no need to. So I kind of wanted to kind of pop along and sort of yeah, see what it was like. And I, I needed some sanding sealer, so it's like Okay, rather than sending for some sanding sealer, although it'd be a bit cheaper to buy it from somewhere else, I could pop along, have a little look. And it, 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 he's got this little shop it's next to his workshop, so I had a little look in the workshop, and it's got part of his work kind of on the, the stands above all the sort of display mm. of sort of tools and things. I said, yeah, there's one particular vase, it was probably about sort of nine, ten inches tall, and then it was pierced all over. And then it was there was pyrography on the outside and on the inside. Amazing! Uh, just like it's like how how did you get the pyrography on the inside? Well, 
Once you want to do, when you want to do that, you have to start making your own pyrography nibs at microwire, making them very long. Yeah. And you need a very steady hand. That's that's shipping a bottle, kind of. Yeah, character, yeah, yeah isn't for it? sure. <laughs> just kind of... I, but it was it was fabulous. It, I mean, it was a gorgeous piece. I was just like, yeah, that's something to aim for one day. Just unfold the whole thing, do the pyrography, and then just wrap, <laughs> then it, wrap it back up. <laughs> <laughs> like that. I've, I've seen the ending um, one. I've the, seen the, the nail in the wood. The nail, the nail in the, the yes, piece yeah. of wood that's going through the middle of time. Yeah. I always want to have a go at making one of those as well. Mm. There's a, a mate of mine who, who makes impossible objects. And, um, you know, as you do. But uh, he's done, you know, like the, the interlocked um, rolls of sellotape that are completely continuous and uh, all this kind of stuff. So I'd love to does, know that stuff. Mm, I don't I'll expect tell it. You, I'll tell you later. <laughs> um, but one of the things he did was uh, it, it took him it took him two years to figure out how to do it. And then when he'd figured it out, he basically went and bought a bottle of whiskey and a Game Boy and then spent three weeks putting the Game Boy inside the bottle. No. Um, so it takes half an hour to change the games and 10 minutes to change the batteries. The only <laughs> holes the only holes in the bottle are in the front to be able to reach through and push the buttons to play the Game Boy. Wow. Um and he That's basically awesome. made it as a as a commission, sold it on, and he, he will not tell us how he did it. But it's just uh, things like that. It's just absolutely. It's, it's clearly magic, isn't it? Like that's why he won't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just actual witchcraft. But yeah, he does. Like he's done a few things like that, and he does like impossible card, playing cards and things like that. It's just, it just, it really. It, as someone who's like rational and a problem solver and you know you kind of you do those kind of engineering things to figure out how something's mm. done and then you see something like that and it just th there isn't any kind of like logical training you know in like everyday mm. reality that we all deal with you've got to learn you that go, yourself, oh, yeah. haven't you? there's no there's no project book for that yeah and you can't just look at it and go Oh, that's that's dead easy. That's that's clearly this. It's like it's, it's such a specific niche bit of knowledge to know that. Mm. Oh well, there's this particular property of this thing when you do this to it that will allow you to put the nail in the wood or whatever. Mm. And yeah, it's just. Yeah. I'd love to do a, some I'd love to do a course on that. that. I mean, Chris Smith, engineer, did a uh, course recently where he learned how to make automator automatons mm -hmm. yeah they kind of you know, turn a crank and yeah something one thing goes mm. up and down something else turns yeah it's great and you can do that and i think the, the guy who runs the courses isn't actually that far from me i think it's kind of 40 minutes drive down on the coast uh from mm. me and to go and do the residential one is is it's like four or five hundred pounds for a weekend I mean, you get all the, the materials, yeah. but it's yeah, just like, I'd love to do that, but yeah, can't afford that. And it's just like, it'd be great to do a kind of a course with like your friend where you kind of yeah. show me the basics, mm. show me how to kind of make a, you know, 
one of the sim- or some of the simpler things and you kind of walk away yeah. with it yeah if you've got to kind of sort of sign a little nda saying i will not make a youtube video yeah. about how <laughs> to do this well because it, it, it does like um it is a published author and stuff on all sorts of weird wonderful stuff but he does he's a puzzle expert as well and um he uh do you remember the rubik's clock where it's like nine clock faces that you have to kind of uh, move them around and stuff but basically he he wrote the book on how to solve that thing you know and it's just it's just got this like super interesting backstory and like those kind of it's just such an unhinged character for like everyday normal reality you know it's just the way his brain works it just his his view on the world is so nuanced so interesting so completely unique you know it's just uh, it's an absolute delight but completely off his rocket (laughs) (laughs) they always are (laughs) creative geniuses yeah absolutely yeah there's something that I always wanted to try, and it's basically making either a cube with a sphere inside, or vice versa. Mm. And and the the process seems relatively straightforward, but sitting down and well, sitting, standing up and actually making one are two very different things. So I need to yeah. uh, go back to the drawing board on those. I think, or watch a few more vids. I mean, there's a few people have done that. I know Steve Twidell. Mm. Uh, at least one of those there's a chap on insta i can't remember his name now but he makes uh spheres in spheres and on all of the tools that he needs to to do them as has been custom made for that specific job and mm. it's kind of like just little sort of not not a full kind of 90 but little bits of yeah. curves and they go in different sizes for doing that little bit and then you go in and then spin it 90 degrees and then do them again changing the yeah. bit every time and 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 these spheres are all independent within each other but then there's one hole through the center where you can line them all up <laughs> no <Yeah>. idea <laughs> imagine standing <laughs> take some take some doing that one i tell you <laughs> yeah sod that <laughs> yeah, I, I said a few different things, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially on the, the, the sphere in a, or a cube in a cube. So I'm going from each face with me Forstner. I need to line them all up now. Balls to it. <laughs> I'll, I'll make a. I'll turn a spindle instead. Do some beads and coves. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, hang on. You want me to do two things? <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, I think the the cube in a cube used to be kind of, a, particularly for machinists, used to be kind of quite a test of sort of machinists' skills. Mm. Like turning is even even enforced a bit. Mm. Uh, one, oh, day. So, one day, yeah, talking <laughs> of forced a bit, and then she had got a uh, a forced a bit here that. Uh, has uh, been used now. This is probably no good for the uh, the visual the people are listening. The audio videos. You might oh. Um, oh, notice wow. that this Forstner bit is um, not very sharp on the top, on the outer yeah. edge. Yeah. 
Still, uh, I mean, it'll catch your finger if you go the other way, but uh, yeah, all the points got nicely worn down. What the so, hell so were they drilling to do that? Uh, repeated heavy drilling, yanking on it into MDF. <laughs> MDF, wow. <laughs> yeah, that uh, MDF, I mean, MDF is a wrecker for tools. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the point, the point in the center is still sharp, but uh, yeah, the rest of it, yeah, it wouldn't cut. It's like, this isn't cutting very well. Let's have a look. <laughs> yeah, it's rounded. <laughs> yeah. It has no teeth anymore. Yeah. I remember doing that. It was the uh, the little town I live in. It's kind of uh, it's renowned for the, the the brickwork in these houses. The the bricks are like super hard engineering brick. And um, when I was putting the, uh, the the wall mount for the TV up downstairs, absolutely. Going at it with the drill, but you know, the seven mil masonry bit, putting all my weight behind it, and going, it's going, it's going, and then it starts starts moving. I'm like, yeah, great, it's actually finally drilling. It's got through the hard bit. <laughs> yeah, I know. What and then I like pulled the drill back out. I mean, that drill bit shorter than it was. <laughs> I was like, how, how is this brick hard enough to melt a, a TCT insert masonry bit? You know. I uh, workshop manager's been away uh, this last week. Uh, I'm going to show it him on Tuesday or Thursday whenever he's back. I'm going to go, yeah, we need, we need a new 25 millimeter force a bit. I fit a new bathroom a few years back at mine, and in my infinite wisdom, I decided it'd be a good idea to put these really nice porcelain tiles everywhere. <sighs> then I need to put up the, the glass shower curtain and the rail for the shower head. And, and I must have gone through six diamond-tipped bits just to get four or five holes in these porcelain tiles. And obviously, it's on a stud yeah. wall as well, so I didn't want to go in too much because then I'd just drop molten whatever it is into the wall cavity where there's loads of flammable stuff. So, yeah, that, that was uh, that was an interesting afternoon, that. <laughs> Horrible. I think I ended up splitting the grout on, on some of the holes just to go in between tiles because it was much easier. Yeah. Rather than actually going face on yeah. right in the middle of one, yeah, that was the, a those, fucking nightmare. <laughs> those Bosch multi-construction bits are really good for that because they're um, they're almost like tile bits because they've got the tungsten inserts, but they're mm. like pointed, so you can you can use them quite happily on uh, you know like proper face tiles and stuff. Mm. Um, do they have a slightly they're almost like uh, two concaves either side of a slightly rounded rather than a very pointed tip no it's the blue ones that are you can use them for anything um, yeah yeah I know I know the ones I, I, I'm just trying to think that I've not don't have any and I've not used any I, I've seen them in the store but I was just kind of thinking whether it was the certainly, I've got a Bosch. I know which one you mean. With they've got like sort of uh, yeah. So rather than kind of most sort of yeah, rather than kind of sort of straight cutting edges, mm. it's actually kind of going to a point. It actually kind of goes to a round, but it's kind of sort of concave there on either side of it. All oh, right. No, I think these are just they're just pointed. I think no, the, the ones I use were like a like an arrowhead. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. In, a, in a slot, like yeah, because they 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 the way they scoop out 
the material because they're, they're almost like a spoon bit then. Mm. Um, yeah. I just going ultra nerdy on drill bits there. But... <laughs> <laughs> wow, what you see, what you've got there is. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, and it's, yeah, it's when you kind of read books and go, okay, so you're going to drill tiles, make sure you put a little little rim of kind of, you know, putty around and fill it up with a bit of linseed oil or something and do that. Yeah, that don't work on a wall, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dribbling down. Yeah. I mean, that would be perfect for something like that, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you could kind of yeah, tip, tip the bathroom sideways. So you could... <laughs> Well, it's, it's like you know the whole thing with like working on a car, isn't it? You know, if you, if you haven't got ramps for a car, what you can actually do is just roll the car over onto its side and just work straight on the bottom. <laughs> just tilt your head. <laughs> I'm sure I've seen. I mean, I w- yeah, because you can get like a didn't Bob Taggart, I think make like a. You can get specific for the body, car so rollers, you can yeah. tamp it, and then it would, it would turn it. Turn it over. They do they do rotisseries where you can yeah. uh, clamp at either end, but you people do actually use um, it's almost like a like a barrel, so you they, they can slide you know like a, a, a skid that goes underneath the car, yeah, and then they do actually just roll it over onto its side. It's just like big <laughs> kind of arcs of uh, wow. steel, which is yeah. How do you stop it from falling? I mean, what, what do you clamp it to to stop it from kind of then falling once it's inside? Oh, it's usually for people who've like stripped the interiors out and stuff, or you right. know, they're, they're doing the okay, yeah, chassis so and stuff. If yeah, you've body, if you've got the body off, then oh, no, it's often like body and chassis together. But the, oh, okay, you know, yeah, it's for uh, just be able to work on the bottom. It, you still got to be brave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because cars are generally designed to be a certain way up. Yeah. They don't like to be kind of not a certain way up. I hate working on cars. It's so horrible. I I'd much rather just take it to someone and, again, there's the money, just make it work. Decision this week, I think. So I've got my MOT coming up next weekend. And, Oosh. Um, I, I was looking the other day and I was like, oh, what? What did it have as an advisory last year? Oh shit, brake pipes. Right, okay. Oh. <laughs> are these are these okay enough to pass? Or are, you know, it says that there is something on the brake pipes. It's not, it could be it could be rust or it could be just grease or crap. But yeah, take it in and uh, get to have a look tomorrow. I think just pre MOT, just before yeah. I. Uh... <laughs> I had uh, <laughs> rear discs and pads for the advisory last year, and. They haven't been changed because I've done, well, I work at the bottom of the road, so I've done, like, I, I probably won't even do two and a half thousand miles this year. So it's not been driven. And and then it went in for its next MOT, and the same thing, same parts, wasn't an advisory this year. So it's like, oh, winner. <laughs> yeah. We'll just kick it out for another couple of thousand, see what happens. <laughs> it's probably, no. They've probably just thickened up with the, uh, with the rust. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nah, they'll be getting done this year at some point. Well, it's where you kind of you, you haven't done yeah more than a few thousand miles, but you haven't used the car very much, and then it's like, yeah, your tires are perishing because they haven't been used. Yeah, because you haven't used it. It's like, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. win. Can you? We've had that a few times because we've we've had two cars. 
I was going to say since we've been married, but we did have a we had about a year when we only had one car. We thought we would try and manage without two cars, <laughs> which is tricky when you've got a baby. So it was like, yeah, no, we'll, we'll have two cars. And it's like sometimes yeah, one car doesn't get used very much mm-hmm. at all, if at all. I mean, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, quite often, you know, the car that's at home looks at the time. Yeah, it's, I've used it this last week to go to the men's shed, but quite often now I get a lift to the men's shed. But it's like, it'll go, it'll go a week without getting used. Yeah. Mm. It'll sometimes go, yeah, sometimes go, yeah, three or four weeks without getting used. It's like, yeah, that's not. I mean, the car we had before, we had an Auris hybrid, ended up having to change the battery because uh, we don't know the history on the battery. Uh, by the battery, I mean the the twelve volt, not the not the hybrid battery, yeah. not the yeah traction. Um, and it was like the battery failed because it was like it was cold, never getting used, mm-hmm. years old. It was like it was a recipe for, yeah. And how do we find this rather odd-shaped battery that seems to be not available anywhere in the country? Yeah, typical. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. Luckily, the last, sort of, last ploy was called the dealer, local dealer, because like, nah, there's plenty of cheap battery places around. Yeah, plenty online. It's like, it's like, yeah, none of the online places had one. Called the dealer. Yeah, we've got one left. Yeah, we've got one. And it was 10 quid cheaper than any of the online places. Oh, bonus. Oh, nice. We scored them first, rather than spending two weeks trying to find somewhere that did it cheaply. Yes, yeah, I did it, the other way around on mine because of the... Because uh, it's got the, all the start-stop and everything. When I bought the car, I didn't realise, but someone had obviously replaced the battery with the cheapest of the same amperage they could. But it was the wrong battery chemistry. It was the wrong type yeah. of battery for the for the car. The start stop. Yeah. Yeah. So ended up having to change that middle of last year. Um, and yeah, got a got a quote that was ludicrous. Um, but just happened to be in the room while they were on the phone to the local supplier to see if they had one on the shelf. So knew exactly what battery that they were asking for, <laughs> and then found the battery for pretty much half half what they'd quoted me for um so it's like well I'll, yeah I'll, I'll just order it from these people it will be arriving tomorrow and then 10 minutes switch over yeah, yeah. <laughs> save yourself 150 quid mm. <laughs> so what was quite interesting though when i was looking for that battery you obviously look in the online places a lot of them you kind of enter your, your registration number and yeah. it will tell you what will fit so there's one the, the place that through looking at the forums, this place was recommended. Mm. It's just like okay, place in Wales. So kind of yeah, put the thing in and recommend this particular one and looked at it. Yeah, the size was correct, and it was about fifty quid. It's like bargain. Yeah, just what we need. Luckily, did a little bit more research and actually sort of then discovered yeah, it was actually the wrong chemistry yeah. and would be absolutely no good for putting in a hybrid, particularly with start stop. It's just like. Yeah. Uh, right, 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 180. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a nightmare. I, I did one just before Christmas. That uh, minus ten week that we had Ooh, just killed it. it. It was on its way out anyway. Yeah, but yeah, it, that that was game over. It just was having none of it that morning. Luckily, there's a car garage two doors down from where we are, 
and a mate of mine works at uh, a, a, it's sort of, it's like a Halfords, but it's not a Halfords. It, they sell all mm. of the same sort of stuff, and he he delivers parts to this garage twice a day. So I was like, I got on the phone to him first thing in the morning. He's like, mate, when you come down and do your run this morning, bring us a battery. <laughs> so he did. And <laughs> luckily, it's, uh, I say luckily, it's only at the bottom of the road, but a friend of mine already worked there. So we we actually car share as well. So I only drive half the amount of times that I'm working there. So I'm doing even less miles. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's really, really good. <clears throat> Mad. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, mate, quick, I'm emergency. Save my life. I need this battery. What's your edge? Right, sound, I'll be there in an hour. Lovely. <laughs> so oh, I, I hate working cars. Yeah, I do as well. So I ended up buying because I thought I could be a problem sort of starting the thing. But I was chatting to a guy that mentioned he he'd had some battery issues. Ended up buying a you know, like the, the standard battery packs you get for charging your phone. Oh yeah, the boost packs. Got one of those from kind of Halfords that's got an extra port on it. You open this, this port and you can stick in a high tension cable. There's a couple of crocodile clips on giant crocodile clips, which you can put up on the battery and start yeah. the car. It's just well, like amazing. It's not from like a, a little, little that you can jump it Yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. like a little, yeah, wow. a little lipo pack. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit bigger for the for capacity. It's a little bit bigger than kind of a non. Um, but it's not a big heavy thing no, it's, filled it's, with big you can use it it's got a usb port on the side it's even got a little torch yeah, on the exactly, side. Yeah. It'll fit in a pocket not not a jeans pocket it'll fit like a coat pocket um and you can charge yeah, it well. it's super useful it's just like this is great so when i when i i had to use it several times because the battery died so many times it's like every time you want to sort of start the car or try and go somewhere it's like ah uh, yeah, this again. Ah. Alarm going off. It's like you sort of get in. It's like there'd be like a little flashing light. You press the kind of start button. You go, <laughs> and then the alarm would go off. It's just like okay, neighbours must have got fed up with the alarm going off every kind of week when I needed to use it. But when I changed the battery, I plugged it in, and so although I, I, I mean, luckily nowadays with kind of the modern radios and things you don't lose all the kind of not like oh, 20 yeah. years ago where if you kind of disconnected the battery you had to, you had to recode it, didn't program you? it yeah, yeah. i think that was more of an issue with aftermarkets as well that you know yeah because I, I used to work at halfords and, and we fit those all the time and every single one had this little code but any any that are sort of like you built in these days into the dash you very rarely have to recode them because they're not yeah. designed to mm. come out at all like yeah but yeah i, I I kind of, I actually plugged it, in, plugged that in. On, could the, on the, if there's a Toyota Iris Estate, the battery's in the boot, mm. but the starting point is under the bonnet. So I plugged it onto the starting point, which of course gives it a little bit of power, um, which will run like the clock and whatever, and then disconnected the battery, and reconnected it, and it was just like, oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, I mean. It's, it, but it was, it was a pain because it wouldn't give enough. I had to open the doors with the manual key, but the manual key only worked on the driver's door. <laughs> Central locking wouldn't work, and the the battery pack wouldn't give enough power. To it, it did give enough power to open the doors, but not the trunk, not the boot. Mm. So to change the battery. I had to go in through the 
passenger doors, the back doors, pull the seats <laughs> down, the seats. <laughs> off the, with the with the kind of the, the the cover that goes over the you know, your stuff in the boot, mm-hmm. yeah, being in the state station wagon. So I had to take off that, but I had to pull that back in, reel that in, take that off. Then there was also another one which kind of had the kind of uh, screen that would come up for like dogs. So I had to take these two bars out, designed, of course, to go out through the the boot, mm-hmm. and then crawl in over the kind of fo- fold down the door, fold down the seats rather, crawl in, pull up the carpet, <laughs> which wasn't really designed to pull up while the door was closed it sounds like you had a nightmare <laughs> and, it was like, and you and mean to say you didn't about... film any of this god no um and, and then... <laughs> what if other people are stuck in the situation and they need to know how to do it yeah oh, they can work it out for themselves <laughs> I would have been, it would have been a nightmare to film it really would i, I think i would have probably need a gopro on a head Head strap would have been, yeah, that would have been the only way. Mm. It was a nightmare. It really was. (laughs) But then it was kind of you know, case of yeah, plugged in, and then it's like alarm stops, and the the doors suddenly open, and the car starts straight away. It's like, like, why didn't I do this before? (laughs) Bit of a difference, isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> but it, it, it is you get that satisfaction of you know actually when something does actually work mm-hmm. I mean, yeah I, I bought the booster pack and yeah i'd given the car a couple of good runs thinking it just needs got cold it just yeah, needs it just needs a good, good run out, out yeah yeah go out yeah. for a couple of yeah hour-long drives that'll be enough I've, yeah but my charger work like that now i tried the, my charger know. yeah i tried i yeah well i said i yeah, no, I took it to the tip today. I had a charger that I'd had when I was 15 for charging um, NICAD batteries on a road control car. So I, I kind of got rid of that today. That didn't work. I, I did try a, a car charger from, battery charger from Amazon. That was mm-hmm. useless. Didn't even work properly. Ended up sending that back. <laughs> like, nah, none of this is working. But replacing it, that worked. It's just like, that for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what the next option would have been. <laughs> I'm glad it worked. <laughs> I mean, well, the next option would be trying to yeah, get some, tow it to the garage. Yeah. Which, at which point, Lydia just said, "Why didn't you change the battery like three days ago? <laughs> <laughs> three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Why have you been fighting this thing?" <laughs> uh, but it's just that you kind of yeah, you just kind of. I mean, I, okay, I, I know some of the reasons, but it's just like this thing has a huge battery under the floor designed to drive the car. Yep. But you can't tap into that to nope. start the car, to run the clock, to open the yeah, central locking. I, and why isn't there a. a key point on the tailgate to uh yeah to open that you know wasn't there an override yeah. for that key point on the key point on the driver's door that was it that's it isn't it these days if if yeah. that even a lot of the time you, you don't even see that now like mm, it's all hidden or stuff like that yeah mm. i found out my car had an alarm the other day 
<laughs> I, I, I needed to get into it for something. I couldn't find the key. So I was like, right, okay, I know where my spare key is. So I grabbed the spare key. And of course, the batteries died on the spare. So of course. normally, button, no, go in, open it with the key. And as soon as I opened the door, because it didn't uh, yeah, disengage yeah. the alarm, it started going off straight away. I was like, oh, yeah, what's this? Never heard this before. <laughs> it's like 11 at night as well. I just wanted to nip in and grab something. Like, oh, woo, 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 kicking off at in daft o'clock. <laughs> and even when I shut the door and locked it, it was still going off. So I had to run inside and hunt for the other key. And as soon as I found it, I was pressing it all the way back out to the car until it stopped. <laughs> oh, it was a nightmare. A frantic panic of... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> but the, 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 in the early stages of having problems with the outrits, at one point I... I I had to use the key to get in. I then kind of um, wanted to sort of try and start the car. The car wouldn't start. So I thought, okay, right, I'll, I'll um, open the, the bonnet and, and go and sort of look at, see about sort of charging it. But the alarm went off. I opened the door, got out to go and open up the bonnet, closed the door, and the central locking kicked back in, locking the key in the car. Mm. So I then had to run in the house and find the other key. Luckily, I had the other key. And it wasn't the case of my wife had it because she was at work. Mm. Otherwise, it would have been like, I've locked the only key in the car. Like, <laughs> Hello, AA. <laughs> Help. Well, they, they did a thing with that a few years ago, didn't they, where they, they had um, someone push the button over their mobile phone. And it was um, depending on the the technology that, it, that the key fob uses, it would transmit that uh, the radio frequency over the phone thing, so they they could have their mobile near the car, and then the person at home would push the button, and it would it would unlock the car over the, oh, over wow. the phone. Wow, yeah. that seems yeah, that's wild, interesting. Isn't yeah, mm. yeah, I'm not sure I like that. Handy though, if needed. Mm. Yeah, but kind of also like, does that give away to? Well, I mean, yeah, some of the technologies, some of the car thieves are used, particularly on the yeah. higher end luxury stuff, is just. Well, they they use like rolling codes and things now, so it's uh, usually need the the programmed key for it, but. Uh... Yeah. Just make you wonder. <laughs> yeah. And that's one of the things with the, the flipper zero that I've got. It's, it's got all these different things that you can do and you know, sending up frequency things on RF and NFCs and things. And um someone basically the, the, there's a button on the key fob for Teslas to open the little charging flap. Um, so someone's got the code for that and just uploaded it. So anyone who's got one of these flipper zeros can download the um, the thing for opening the charging flap on a Tesla. So you get like loads of people in the states. You know, there's loads of YouTube videos of people just walking around their streets or even just like driving down the road and driving past the Tesla, hitting the button, and then the charging <laughs> flap just going. <laughs> Same code on every one. Yeah. Just a 
set thing for opening them up. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's that's like. <laughs> that would just be funny. That just boop, 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 all opening yeah. because you're driving past. <laughs> yeah, it's a couple of tethers in the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. flip zero, you say. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> no, but people would. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, te- I mean, the Teslas are in- interesting cars. I remember seeing. I can't remember who it was now. Get YouTube thing, and they, they were, it was one of those kind of battery issues. Twelve volt battery had gone. I think it was James, James May. May. Yeah, yeah, when he, he couldn't battery gone and couldn't get in, he and couldn't actually get mm, into the thing to to yeah do charge the twelve volt yeah. battery. Yeah, because you needed the key and the key wasn't responding because the battery was dead. Yeah, it's like yeah, you have to basically like dismantle half the front wing to be able to actually get at something to be able to trickle yeah. charge it all. Oh, that sounds like an absolute nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, there's like this like 15 minute rant on his YouTube channel about it. <laughs> <laughs> he loved it, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very much a, uh, a directed rant while in the process of like, well, I'm putting this. Dear Elon. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I am. I am retrofitting a charging point that is accessible when your fucking battery doesn't. <laughs> So it, it is. I mean, it's quite interesting how some vehicles don't make it very obvious. I mean, we had a mm. Citroen Picasso, the kind of the bubble-shaped one, yeah, uh, for a few, quite a few years, and battery died one day, and it was just like, I check out if the battery. No, the battery didn't die in that, but it died in my little Matisse that I had at the time. It's like, okay, but it's all right. We got jump leads. Like, go ahead, got the got the uh, Picasso bonnet to bonnet to the Matisse opened yeah. up the bonnet so the two cars, the, I mean the Matisse yeah, tiny little engine, there's the battery opened up the, the Picasso it's like, there's the engine where's the battery? And like turns out it's under the dro- under the passenger seat oh wow yeah. it's like, so it's like, maneuver the car so it's like, then yeah, get the car, the car started and take it for a drive and that charges it and whatever but Kind of doing a bit of research later, discover that there's actually a charging point under the bonnet. So there's, there's where charging points in use. There, yeah. It's like, ah, well, it'd be nice if they kind of made that a bit clearer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah say, I, I, my little, my little old Honda was um, it's tiny little engine in it. Yeah, you pop the bonnet and you could have got in to work on it. You know, that was, that was ridiculous. Um, but my mate had the Grand Picasso. And uh, I get yeah, a similar sort of thing of like, you know, never ended up with the right battery. No garage would give him the same battery twice, you know, it's like I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, in, in the snow, going and going and rescuing him at the side of the road. It was a, a photo on my uh, on my Instagram actually of this little little Honda parked next to this Grand Picasso, you know, get, getting it running. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen the electric Honda, the Honda E? The, th- the one that's got like the big 
Yeah, it looks like a Mark 1 Golf. It's great. <laughs> I want one. Mm. It's got like I a really big swooping one. screen dash thing, mm. doesn't it? I think it's the same one I'm thinking of. Yeah. Yeah, it's a cool looking thing, that. The oh, what's the uh, other one that I like? Go on. The Citroen, Citroen, I saw a Citroen concept car uh, a couple of days ago. Uh, fully electric, essentially a tr it could be a truck. It's 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 kind of it's kind of a bit versatile, quite small, quite light, uh, but huge capacity. The kind of the very odd shape. I mean, the, it's designed to be as light as possible. Hmm. This thing, and the 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 wind and and simple to build as well. So it's kind of almost putting on the 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 Citroen Two CV uh, sort of concepts yeah. of how can we make this simple. So the the the, the windscreen is vertical and flat it <laughs> makes it easier to build so it looks like it's kind of aerodynamically nightmare but they've, they've built in kind of um airflow structures into the front so rather than the air kind of coming up and kind of hitting this you know, flat on it's actually been driven up through the front end edge of the bonnet and up over so it's, oh, it's wow. not anyway, bad aerodynamically as it looks and it's yeah it's got it quite a big capacity if you get you put the seats down and you kind of fold things out it's really i can't remember what it's called but it was, there's a, a chinese unusual. one as well isn't there that, that um it's a it's a couple of grand it's like super 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 cheap it's tiny you know you, you could mm. you could wind the windows down and then just reach both wing mirrors you know <laughs> And sat in it, you know, it's, it's, but it's like it's kind of like a Bedford Rascal size little tiny thing. Oh, and it basically, it it turns up like in a in a like a double pallet shipping crate kind of thing, and you just <laughs> kind of you know crack. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, crack the seals that you know that the fronts, the sides fall down, and there's you know a couple like of a big of matchbox like, car box. <laughs> yeah, and it is basically like you know you you open That's the. Amazing. You open the door, take the wing mirrors out, and then just like clip them on either side of the, the van, and then just take the roof off the thing and drive it off the, off this pallet. You know, it's, it's I don't think like, I'd like to be that small on the road. Yeah, it's super super tiny. This like mm. little EV. You, know, it's, you can fit two people and stuff in the kind of the flatbed. <laughs> An undisclosed amount of stuff. Yeah, you know, a couple of rucksacks kind of thing. It's, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> But but it is like Bedford Rascal size. You know, so you could, if you needed to work on it, you could just lift it up with one hand and you know, work underneath it. Like. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah, someone yeah, on YouTube had um, got it. The Citroen. I'll put a link in the um, the show notes. It's the Citroen Oli, O L I, <laughs> and it, it looks like it. It's it almost looks like a, a Hummer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> A Humvee, yeah, it's 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 got it's made of things like it's got cardboard and three D printed bits, <laughs> and I keep nice. the weight down. Yeah, it's just everything is designed to kind of reduce power consumption, reduce weight. To, you know, just to it's like the Citroen the... IKEA. <laughs> yeah, almost. Uh, it's just it, it it's very different. Hmm. Very, very different to look at. Um, but they've, they've got a couple. I mean, they're, they're I mean, just their history. Two CV was a brilliant car. 
in many respects. Mm. Particularly for its age. It's time, rather. I've not That's had a look for one of them recently. I, I, I do it every now and again. I'll have a little look for, like, like a Citroen AX was my first car, so I'll have a little look on Auto Trader to see if there's any about and how much they are. Oh, so expensive. Yeah. But it was a <laughs> crap little car. Um, a friend yeah, of mine had my, a Metro. Again, same scenario. So dear. Yeah, I, I had a, a Mark II Golf um, from 1988. So it was, you know, it was, it was solid steel, basically. This thing. Mm. And my mate had a, an AX uh, at the same time. And it, his was known as the biscuit tin. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sounds about right. <laughs> My four-speed box it out at ninety-three. Yeah, well, I, I was to say I had the four-speed box. It was the one point three liter in mine in the Golf. Um, and yeah, there, there were. I think mine was the bigger engine and had a bit more power, but a lot more weight mm. with me in it as well, obviously. But uh, but yeah, his was just yeah, it just weighed nothing. The amount of times we we like nearly rolled it up on the side, just you know, like rolled couple of us chatting around while he's, he's sat in his car waiting to go and we just start like you know rocking his car and we like, hang on a minute this we might be able to actually roll <laughs> actually bust his over <laughs> yeah, while he's in it <laughs> yeah a friend of mine had a Renault 5 and he locked his keys in it once um so he just slammed the passenger door his keys were inside and and I saw the immediate rage on his face Fuck's sake! And he just kicked the side of the door, and the whole thing—I like, generally thought he was going to tip it over. It was brilliant. And then we got brake cables and a thing, and got it down, and pulled up the the little doohickey. Yeah. Ah, it was good that. Yeah, they were easy to get into in those days, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a Peugeot one hundred six. And uh, when I bought it, the the key for the driver's door was different to everything else on it. So someone had obviously done the driver's door at some point. But because of that, I never used to bother locking the driver's door because then I'd be faffing with two different keys. So Mm. I just used to leave it unlocked. And then I'd only need to grab the one key, just walk over, open it up and get and drive off. And uh, we parked in a particularly rough area of Warrington for about half an hour. And um, came back out, and when I shut the door, it sounded different when it closed. Know, that's that's not right. I sort of like looked up, and I could see out. And someone oh, had come along, no. and, and rather than checking the door, they just come over and just bent the top, bent the door out to try and do the lock. Try the handle, bro. Like <laughs> you'd get in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. They were they were very clearly not particularly smart because they couldn't do anything with the steering lock. They hadn't tried to do anything. There was nothing in the car anyway because I used to leave it unlocked. So they'd, they'd very clearly just got like frustrated and bent the steering wheel forward as well. <laughs> so it was obviously some complete gorilla, you know, no no brain cells but far too many muscles. Um, so it just. It, They'd obviously done nothing to the car, no damage other than the bent door and the bent steering wheel. At which point, we just kind of put the foot on the driver's door, pulled, pulled the back. door yeah. back to where it should have been, closed it. Right, that's good enough. Just gripped the steering wheel, pulled it back towards me, and drove off. <laughs> it's just like ridiculous vehicle. I mean, sold it for fifty quid in the end. Nice. <laughs> I think I got three hundred part X. No, I might have even got four hundred quid part X for my AX. 
which <laughs> is about what it was. Daft money. I only paid five hundred for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're not cheap now. Oh, it was actually uh, money on the road. There was a two hundred five GTI at the garage uh, the other day, and again, oh curiosity, got an auto trader. I won't be buying one of them. <laughs> 24, nope. 25 grand for a, for a decent no. one. Like, yeah, yeah, it's wild. Collector's items, yeah. Oh, Same with the, the quote-unquote classic cars now, aren't they, then? Yeah, yeah. because I had a Mark 1 Clio after that 106, and uh, it was just a, just a little crappy one. Um, but the, the Williams Clio, uh, I always wanted one of those. And, yeah, same same thing. It's all all those cars you get a they're either modded to hell and mm. barely running, or you get one that's that's actually half decent, you know, stock, and it's uh, it's eye wateringly expensive. Most of them, because they are good sort of first timer cars, they have been bought by people who just thrash them. Yeah. So so a lot of them, even though they they might look all right, they're just ruined underneath. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Yeah, pistons just rattling around in the ball. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, salty winter, and it's it's going to take its toll on any car. So there's a lot of yeah. that in Northwich. Yeah, <laughs> built on salt mines, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> keeping it in a garage and keeping it up on actual stands, you know, or rotating the wheels and taking it for a drive, you know, once a year. It's you're just asking for long term. But it, I mean that's that's I mean that's another rabbit hole though, isn't it? Getting into the cars mm-hmm. and getting kind of modern it is. Um, I mean, look what's happened with Al here. It's yeah, <laughs> it's just like yeah. Now he's trying to fix a car that there's only sort of two of in the entire country. Yeah, that's brave, that isn't it? Yeah, that's one word for it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's a rabbit hole that I would, at one time, I would have loved to have gone down. If, if I'd have ever had a, a good sized garage, yeah, I'd love to have gone down the kind of yeah, route of making cars, modifying cars. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to do a retrofit to do uh, retrofit hybrid. You know, the way that, like, the, the Toyota ones okay. with it, yep. it's. You know where it's like uh, it runs on electric until about thirty, and then the engine kicks in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But to because like I, I'm, mine's a diesel, uh, and a lot of the journeys that I do on it now is just a school run, which is mile and a half away. So it's it's yeah. not warmed up by the time I got back. I say, has it got a DPF? Exactly. That is exactly the problem. So yeah. one of the problems with having a DPF is that um, it's a diesel particulate filter, which is slightly better than having just a bug standard normal diesel. But the problem mm. is to try and burn them out, to try and clean them, it's got to get up to temperature. The exhaust's got to get hot enough, and then it starts dumping extra diesel in. Mm. But when you're doing sort of round town stuff, it doesn't quite get hot enough, but it starts that DPF run dumps extra diesel in and then what happens is you it, it'll be part way through the uh 
the cleaning cycle, you pull up at home, turn the engine off, and all that extra diesel that's in there runs around the piston rings and sits in the sump. So my oil level keeps rising higher than the max. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a common thing with these Mitsubishis, and Mazdas okay. do it as well, apparently. Um, so, yeah, you've got to, like, just change the oil and then just drive it differently. So, yeah, I've got to start. 40 to... miles, they say. You need 40 miles for it to get up to temperatures to then run the, the cycle. Yeah, so on the uh, their owner's manual, they, they basically say once the once the temperature's got to about halfway up the thing, then do, um, depending on how fast you're going, you know, mm. try and do like another kind of 20 miles at at least 25 miles an hour as a, as a minimum, you know. Well, yeah, I, f- I feel quite fortunate, and I've got one of the only diesels that Honda took the DPF off. Um, oh, so nice. the, the, the shorter journeys are, are actually not too bad with mine, really. Yeah, I've, uh, I, I was looking into deleting it. <laughs> yeah, put it back on for its NOT, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, like, I, like, I like the idea of kind of retrofit kind of sort of things, because I think there, there were some great-looking cars mm. here in the kind of sort of 70s and 80s, but mechanically... And internally, they were horrible. Absolutely, yeah. And we take some like, yeah, take some like a, a Ford Capri, yeah, stick mm. some decent wheels on it, some decent brakes, a better engine, some decent nice yeah. and yeah, an amazing car. Mm. And that's why I think like like mine. Yeah. Now I was gonna say like some, something like mine. It'd be ideal to do drop a you know a, a relatively small ev battery in and something that just because it's front wheel drive just something that's motor on the rears to just push it around town doing the school run doing a couple of miles below 30 mile an hour and something like that i think would be super useful you know if there's some sort of kit that you could just drop in and yeah, just click on when you're happy days yeah yeah that'd be such a cool project to be able to come up with I'd quite like an old Mini, but it'd need to have a modern engine and it'd need to be warm mm. or liquid-cooled and have decent brakes, not drums. And then it, there's just no point then, is there? Because it's well, not the thing you just get in the shell. For, yeah, a perfect candidate for an EV, though. Mm. Drop, a, drop a motor in it. Drop a, well, yeah, an electric motor. Oh, it'd be a K20. I'd put in one of them for sure. Civic Type <laughs> R engine. <laughs> <laughs> That, that was one of the because I, I, the Honda I used to have was a um, an HRV, and you could drop a K twenty into it, mm. um, and yeah, I was chatting with Jim from Wave Cycles about you know kind of op- options for that. Yeah, maybe maybe not the K twenty, but there's a there's another one as well that was was basically because it it was the same same kind of platform uh, as the as the. 1.6 Civic engines. Mm. So yeah, you can just consult Bs. Yeah, I think that was it. Yeah, yeah, it was the old sort of um, like the Mark One Civic Type R's, weren't they? Then I think. Yeah. EK nines. Oh, love them. <laughs> good fun. Good fun. Do you know what else is good fun? Things that grab our attention. Nice segue, Andy. 
<laughs> I've just noticed the time actually. Is your booty sleep? <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, that's going to work on me now. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, attention grabbers, anything that's been kind of sort of grabbing our attention, whether it's things we've been working on, watching, reading, listening to, or things we're going to work on, watch, listen to, go to, whatever. Um, be more than one thing. It can be more than one thing. It's totally up to, to each of us as to what it is. Uh, as is tradition, guests go first. So, Tim, what, what's been grabbing your attention lately? Um, hollow forms. I love them. I really, really love them. And I particularly love them by a guy called Dan Young. Amazing. The wood he gets is ridiculous. Uh, a lot of them have got little feet. The, the carving he put, the time he puts into these things are just absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, I've been looking at a lot of his stuff recently. It's brilliant. Cool. So for, for those of us not in the turning you type stuff and hollow form stuff, what what is one of them? Um, a hollow form is a tall bowl with a little opening. So it goes all the way yeah. over and, and yeah, you just scoop it all out from the smallest hole you can get and it makes people pick it up and go, wow, how'd you do that? <laughs> and I love that about them. <laughs> cool. And a lot of the time you do that with very expensive hollowing jigs and all these weird and wonderful yeah. things. People set up raspberry pies with cameras on so then they can see the the, the wall thickness <laughs> as they're going. It's it's or shining lights inside. Yeah, to yeah. check the, the light coming Glow. through. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I've been looking at a lot of his stuff and uh Mill and Mooch as well. Um do some amazing um uh they're like bowl what they're like bowls they are bowls and platters but (laughs) (laughs) they've been making them with like slices of different types of wood um Mm. and and they've started doing some that are like book matched so they'll get one piece cut it into four and then so then it's like this repeating pattern it it's amazing i really want to have a little play with stuff like that so that's I do what like I've been the looking kind of, at a lot of. The kind of the whole, uh, something I might try one day, but it'll, it'll be a while before kind of getting into that. And I'll probably need to make use of the table saw, the men's shed to sort of do it, where kind of, um, like Cameron Porter does, yeah, Cammy's Cam- Garage. Mm. Yeah, oh, kind of, you spent yeah, ages yeah. kind of assembling, yeah, segmented bits, yeah, cut to particular shapes. I came, I came like that was kind of a big pretzly one looking this yeah his, his, his work is so unbelievably good well, you get you get people kind of putting segmented things together and then sort of turning it down and you've got like celtic knots appearing in quite fine contrasting wood it's mm. like ow uh, definitely a, a, mind-blowing a, isn't it a lot of time a lot of effort yeah. and a lot of thinking a lot of prep yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's that it's that kind of putting so much prep in, kind of having to think this this might not actually work. Mm. <laughs> because quite often, of course, yeah, social media we only see the ones that do work most of the yeah, time. Yeah, of course, yeah. Cammy was one of the first Instagram accounts that I actually followed on my turning page. Yeah, he's a, some he's some a, incredible stuff. A clever man, yeah, mm. very clever. Cool. Anything else about the full of forms? <laughs> Um, GeoGuessr, you if you've ever heard of GeoGuessr. Yes, I've never played it though. It basically plonks you uh, 
somewhere in Google Street View, and you have to pinpoint on a map where you are. Oh, um, you can move around. You, you basically you, you look around for road signs and even, uh, uh, um, websites are a really good one. It's like oh, .za. It'll give you a good indication of what country it's in, and and mm. then you just got to narrow down to what sort of town you're in within that country. Uh, I don't know what it is. I just get a lot of joy from looking at maps, and this game just helps me do that loads. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah, I've heard of that. I'll, I'll have to give it, it a try. Actually, it's it's not dissimilar to some of the work that's been done by some of the fact checking um, agencies and journalists, mm. where they kind of they're looking at images and kind of going, "No, this this image is not from the." The mm. kind of yeah, action in Ukraine. This is from 1999 in yeah. Georgia. Because um, a certain time of the day of a certain year, the sun would be over here. Yeah. <laughs> Things like that. Just yeah. mind blowing and how people can work out that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's photographic intelligence work, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's the kind of sort of thing that yeah, militaries are doing all the time. But yeah, obviously now, now with. You know, regular people and you know, mm. journalists have access to some of the same kind of resources to be able to make some of those sort of same uh, levels of well, it's intelligence work. Yeah, you know, actually, sort of, you know, getting yeah. intelligence from the available um, available sources of information. Yeah, it's yeah, fascinating. Um, like I've sent type stuff. Yes. Yeah, hey, source intelligence. Yeah, as opposed to humid, mm. sick int or stuff uh, like that. Ones as well. There's a handful of them, aren't there? Yeah. Yes. All sort of lots of letters. <laughs> Is it? I, I, there's a an event every year called the Big Bang Fair, which is kind of science and engineering sort of celebration aimed at schools, and went to one quite a few years ago and there was a obviously it's a bit like it's about like mega central but yeah you get kind of there's talks and there's there's also kind of yeah stands and different lots mm. of waitings and there's also kind of um one of the, the really amazing things about it is it's kind of a uh, the finals of essentially competitions to the young students doing research so they do yeah almost like almost postgraduate level research some of it some of it is kind of undergraduate level but yeah and these are kids in school and they're sort of doing stuff and then they, they present and they, they have these things but you also then get kind of agent different companies and agencies kind of having little stands to kind of encourage people have you thought about going into this career and yeah you get things like the the blackbird supersonic car turn up and and the like mm -hmm. one year there was a there was a stand from gchq and it was like you know, <laughs> A quiz going on, and yeah, I, I, I was just happened to be stood with there were some of my students who were out here. I kind of went along, yeah, what are you doing, guys? And, sort of, and the one of the sort of people on the stand sort of said something and it used kind of a um, something like OSINT and, and said that. And it was like the lads were like, yeah, not sure, not they weren't sure what that was about. So I just sort of butted in and said, oh, that's such and such, you know, open source intelligence. And the, the guy kind of looked at me and went, Mm. Okay. <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was kind of one of those. It was a, I can't remember what it was now, but it was one of those kind of slightly unusual sort of things that you wouldn't expect the average 
teaching yeah. to, to to kind of know about. It was like, how do you know that? <laughs> there's a I know some there's stuff. just that beautiful reaction from those kind of people when you when you just casually respond to something like that that they're not expecting that. And yeah, that's I like that reaction. That yeah, <laughs> just like I could tell you, but yeah. <laughs> I'd have I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jamie? What's, what's been catching, grabbing your attention? Uh, fruit. Fruit. Yeah. Solitude. Uh, no, I um, raspberry fruit, apple fruit, pear, blackberry, pear. So I. I th well, this, this is a roundabout way of saying that I, I was in London at the weekend with uh, Steve off of Moonshine Metalworks and Ali off of Cats Creates, um, two good friends of the show, uh, and dear friends of us both. But um, we went and had a nosy round Borough Market, among other places. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of my all-time favourite fruits of all time is the Nashi Pear, which is... Uh, it's a, an Asian pear. It's kind of a cross between an apple and a pear. Mm. It's, it's very, very unusual um, for most people who've tried one or the other or both um, because it just defies all logic and reason <laughs> for what your brain is expected. I was going to say, if um, pushed, I could have sworn that was an apple. <laughs> yeah, and this is the thing. It, it looks just like an apple. Um, but it is... It is such a weird fruit that they've been my favourite fruit for twenty five years, um, but they're nigh on impossible to get where I am. Um, mm. So yeah, sort of wandering around Borough Market with them the other day, and I, like, oh, I wonder if they're going to have nashi pears. Ali went. There's three really good fruit and veg places. One of them will have some. And uh, sure enough, yeah, I wandered around. I was like, oh, my God, Nashi Pears. <laughs> you bought them all. So, <laughs> I, I, I bought quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so uh, London and Nashi Pears and good friends and good company and uh, good food and good coffee. And, nice. Uh, and, and I've also fireproofed my workbench ready for Maker Central for the leather working stand on Makers as well today. Nice. So yeah, a bit of a bit of productivity and a bit of uh, fun and frolicking with friends. Uh, yeah, hopefully the table will not get tested. In Indeed, but it should now be safe by uh, the NEC's standards enough for me to use it. <laughs> Good, because you'll have difficulties if they don't accept it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would be using it, using the tools on the floor. I think <laughs> just set up just outside the door. <laughs> yeah. What are you going to do now? If <laughs> you off the site. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, all right. Then I'll put it back in the car. <laughs> How about you, Andy? Yeah, What's been yeah. growing your attention? Uh, well, a bit of turning practice. Uh, trying to get a few minutes every day. Uh, yeah. As mentioned earlier, we've it's the yeah school holidays for the next two weeks, so it is uh, on top of my regular things that I are not stopping because they're not controlled by school holidays like men's shed and mm -hmm. uh, tuition carries on 
but yeah, apparently the garden has to get sorted, including sorting out the sheds. So that will be grabbing my attention. Um, and yesterday I went on uh, another book binding course. Same tutor that I've had before, uh, uh, doing some Japanese stamper binding. Um, I've done Japanese stamper binding before uh, with mm-hmm. her, my uh, tutor, but this was only did two that time. Now we did four, so four different versions. Nice. Um, very nice so that was good nice kind of inspiring day kind of yeah just a very relaxed day very kind of yeah they're, they're mm. enjoyable days yeah mm. uh, some nice food um so it, yeah, kind of had lunch bought in so that was that was nice and uh yeah just kind of a really nice day came away with four books and yeah had a nice day chatting with people and there were only half a dozen there was myself and five others plus the tutor so mm. it, was, it was nice and quiet and yeah it's nice relaxing fun day some nice chat and uh, but also yeah kind of one of those sort of things you know certain times you're chatting like anything you know discussing all sorts of things and then you get to kind of you know like sewing you're actually sewing the the the, the books together this is like yeah it's like an hour of silence, pretty much. You know, the tutor every now and again. Everyone okay? Concentration phase. Yeah. Everyone's trying to not push it through yeah. into their finger. Or with the occasional, with the occasional, ow! Somebody yeah. stabs yeah. their finger, or the, you know, like cursing when you sort of drop. Yeah, one person broke a needle, and at one point I ended up with because had about for an A, uh, it's about yeah, it's about A five size book. Yeah. Yeah, I put them. Yeah, I must have put them somewhere. Um, an A5 is roughly A5 sized book, not very thick, but you for the more complex the, the the binding is in terms of kind of knotting, then the longer thread you need. So you ended up with kind of mm-hmm. a thread that's longer than your arm, and you kind of sort of, and then you ended up it's like getting tangled, it's getting caught around the edge of the book. It's you ended up you drop the needle and it's gone through, so you end up with a knot, and you're trying to re do it yeah and, oh, it's, it's a bit frustrating at times so there's a little bit of minor cursing uh, <laughs> but, uh yeah just words are the best <laughs> yeah you kind of sort of try to keep it polite because there's you know people you don't know that well and yeah it's like... <laughs> yeah you can't release them all straight away build up <laughs> to it <laughs> work your way through the alphabet skip yeah, over yeah, yeah. For now. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's like, then you get yeah somebody yeah like some woman, possibly in their sixties, kind of going, "Yeah, f it," because yeah, something's <laughs> just broken. It's just like, "Yay!" <laughs> yeah. So that 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 was that was yesterday, and that was a good day. So, yeah, nice. So, yeah, happy day. Oh, cool, Tim. Where can people find you? If they want to find some of your work, and I would recommend that people do go and find some of your videos because I. I personally think that your some of your wood turning videos are amongst the most watchable and enjoyable um, ones on YouTube, particularly. Well, thank you very much. Um, uh, I mean, you can find me across most things at TF Turning. Um, generally speaking, it's Instagram and it's YouTube. Um, although Facebook has had a, a bit of a bump recently, I've no idea where it's come from, but yeah, find me on Facebook as well. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I've jumped from about two fifty up to about three hundred in the last week, uh, uh, to about six hundred in the last week or two, which which is cool. wild. I don't know where that's come from. I don't know what's been shared where. Um, obviously, have a little look at the metrics to see what's going on, but for the most part, they don't really give you a great deal of info. So, mm. yeah, if if you found me through Facebook, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mainly mainly Instagram and YouTube for the most part. Cool. Well, make sure those are linked uh, in the show notes. Uh, they already fact, are. They yeah. already are, yes. Uh, I'll yes. try and get the, as many of the links up as front as early as possible. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's been great to chat. And well, yeah, it's been, been, uh, been nice to, to spend the evening with you guys. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, Absolutely. Hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll catch up soon. Mm. So, so you're going to be at Makers anyway, so. Yes, yeah, we'll be at Makers. Um, I think we're heading on then. Friday. Yeah. Um, so we're going to be, we're going to be there early. <laughs> well, early, a day early. Um, I'm not too sure what, uh, in what capacity we're, we're going there. Um, but, uh, there'll, there'll be stuff happening and yeah, it should be, should be fun. Cool. Well, the past couple of years, they've given shadow foam have kind of sort of given away interesting little sort of sample boxes, haven't they? Mm. they one year, the year before I said the year before last, I mean, kind of in terms of yeah, ignoring the pandemic. Yeah. Um, it was kind of yeah. It was a, a sample pack with which included a, a model turd. Uh, <laughs> nice. And then last year was there something like it was something like a spot gun or something. Can't remember. It was definitely something interesting it's about like, the kind of yeah. Oh, spot gun rings a bell actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. What happens if you get your aim right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen this year, but we'll see what uh, what goes on. Cool. But no, it'll be, uh, it'll be nice to, to meet across. up with loads of new people again. Mm. Brilliant. Right. On that note, thank you again, folks. Thank you, and uh, we will thank everyone that's uh, still listening right now, and uh, whether that's live or the people that are listening in audio later in the week. <laughs> past that. people in the future. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, uh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Bye then, folks. Bye.